We've got 10 nights until the next full moon. Well, he was what I would call a Sasquatch. pilots that showed unidentified flying objects. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I don't believe 99% of the things that people claim they've seen. I think this is in that 1%. A lot of people make fun of me, but I don't care. I know it's there. G'day and welcome to the Mellow Tiger podcast. We are super excited because today marks our first ever YouTube episode. Yes. Yay! So welcome. If you've never watched, well, you've never watched us before, but if you've never listened to us before. <laughs> you've never watched us before. <laughs> I've been watching you. <laughs> if you've never watched us before, we have this podcast and it's been on everywhere you would get audio podcasts and we decided to do YouTube because the little ADHD bug in my brain said we can do it. And because we're handsome people. That's mm. that's not a good way for that's why. to describe me, though. Oh. She's a handsome lady. <laughs> that's <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'd, take that. Okay. I'd take handsome over above average if I was a lady. Re- no, I'd take above average. Really? Yes. Yeah. Handsome is average, right? Look how he's handsome. No, handsome's no, not average. Yeah. We're already doing this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my co-host, Jord. Hello. Josh. Hello. I found my camera. Have a little look around. So we've been doing this for a while. We do, what would you say? Like, it's hard to describe, right? It's like paranormal, supernatural, cryptic. When people always ask me, I don't know how to answer it. I'm like, I say zoology. No, they don't know what it is anyway. Zoology. Zoology, well, zoology isn't it? That like, um, like yeah, sci-fi so zoology, like the capybara. That's what zoology yeah. is. That's a, like well, regular. We don't talk about regular animals on Crypt- the show. Cryptozoology. Crypto, that's what that's, I say. Sorry, yeah. no, I don't. I just say zoology. zoology. I, <laughs> I just really like pants. Cryptozoology. Someone's here right now, expecting to hear about crocodiles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> We can't talk about that. <laughs> like Godzilla though, not that crocodile. <laughs> yeah. Bat dicks. Yeah. Yeah. We've done yeah. that a few times. Today's episode <laughs> is our favourite. It's Yeah. This episode is based on historical events and is for educational purposes. So anything you hear in here, YouTube, that's the deal. Should I get started? Or yep. do you like want to say anything? We've been do talking you? for a little bit now before we started recording, so let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. Josh is out of Josh stuff. Josh is like, I'm fucking sick <laughs> of talking to you. My friend dry, man. <laughs> Notepad's done. <laughs> you. No, you like you, Beast of Bray Road, yeah? yeah. You know yes. about yeah. it, you know That's about the number it. one story when it comes to... That's it's my favourite thing, I think. That's what got me hooked in this. Yeah. I think it's like, what, what a lot of people like heard of first. This is the history of the Beast of Bray Road. So it's kind of like how it started, how the rumours started, how it popped off, like... And this is all told from the source material. Like the reference I used was the Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf by Linda Godfrey. That's oh. a mouthful. The goat. Linda. Yeah. Oh, she... Oh. Yeah, R.I.P. the goat. She's, yeah, she was the best. I actually... The thing I really like about Linda Godfrey, which is kind of rare in this space, which like, this sounds weird, but I feel like we are kind of this vibe. She was like, this is the information... Yeah, she was factual. Like she was like, to, yeah, she wasn't yeah. like, oh my god, it's totally. I thought, like, you, you know what I, I mean. I thought you said she was hot for it in a way. I didn't notice that. I thought no, you said she's not. Point. She's not. No, I didn't think she um, was. David Politis. Yeah, he. Uh, well, I'm yeah. going off the topic now. Yeah, but yeah. You know how David Politis is like, this man disappeared in the woods. Yeah. Bigfoot. But I'm not going to say Bigfoot. Not yeah. that I have anything against it. Well, I can't. Not. I was. I was all up in that business until I heard you had like a prior Bigfoot. Like yeah. he was all up in Bigfoot. I just, I just don't up like in him. He was up in him. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just Mr. Politis. Because 
<laughs> I just don't like when someone is too like like let's just think critically about it. Like he went missing in the woods, definitely Bigfoot. It's like he people go missing in the woods all, all the time. Might not have had yeah. anything. I just hate that. It's like here is the information. Yes, I want to believe so badly, and I do. But like, come on, yeah. like come on, like let's not. But be she, silly. like you said, she was good. She was like. The cops were called. These are tracks. They were bipedal. It was wolf feet. There was a scratch and on his car. Yeah, yeah but I can't. I can't tell you whether yeah, that she's was like, it's it not a werewolf. It could have been anything. Yeah, like, yeah. We don't know she for sure. Yeah. She was really good, which I liked it. She was very balanced, very critical of the yeah. information she gathered. She was just a storyteller. She's like, this is the information I've got. Do with it what you will. Yeah. This is what I think. She was a reporter. Yeah, she was. She was a journalist yeah. at the end of the day. She do wasn't. Think, just... Do you think they got her in the end? No, Parkinson's did. Oh, is that the name of the werewolf? <laughs> well, it's not a werewolf. No, okay. it's the name of the very serious illness that she oh, no. suffered. It's from. actually not a good one. It's a it's a horrible word again. Anyway, continue. R.I.P. to the goat. She's awesome. So nestled between the acres of cornfields and working dairy farms that make up the majority of the rural Wisconsin landscape, stands large patches of thick woodland that teems with a variety of wildlife. Well-fed white-tailed deer evade stalking coyotes, while flocks of Canadian geese occupy the skies and marshlands and raccoons, possums, rabbits, and woodchucks and other fuzzy critters scurry around backyards and fields. Did the Canadian geese get you going? It did a little bit. Like, it was more like dairy farms. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin's like big. I wouldn't have thought it would be dairy farm country. It's like the dairy farm capital of the pipes. US. Imagine shifting pipes in that sort of country with the dog man hanging around. Yeah, no, they're just stories. Oh, yeah. I don't think you they click one in next minute. Clicks one in the next year. <laughs> starts oh, helping. You. He's the next one in line. <laughs> Dad's like, they're like, not straight. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's like, you can see the end blows out when Dad turns it on. He's like, you didn't put the end in. The dog's like, scurrying off. Coward. You'd be like, I don't want to go out there. There's a dog man. Daddy'd be like, no, no, none of this bullshit. Yeah. The dog man's like. <laughs> To the east, Wisconsin is bordered by the state of Michigan. Like its neighbour, Michigan is known for its agriculture, with its diversity of crops only coming second to California. Almost half the state is made up of remote forest land and is almost entirely surrounded by lakes, making for a diverse ecosystem. Good soil. So good like, soil. it's like lake. Like it's the, a huge part of Michigan is just lake. It's a massive lake. Like it yeah. looks like the ocean kind of if you it's were standing big. on the shoreline because it's that is this a lake where people go for recreational purposes, yes. like skiing? So mm-hmm. it is like a proper lake. People yeah, go but for. it's like fucking massive. Yeah. And there's like islands in the lake. That's cool. Like, imagine that if you just had a boat and just wanted to chill out. Dude, there's like a dog. We're not going to get into it, but there's like an island, uh, like adjacent to this story where there's like the lady and she like has, she's like a homeless woman that lives on one of the islands and there's like Dogman. Is that like Dogman Island? Yes. Something I've heard like about that. that yeah. yeah. Homeless, she owns an, lives on an island, man. I guess, yeah, if you want to look better at it like off that. better off than we are. <laughs> She's not. If it's Jeffrey Epstein's island, not so much. Oh, damn. (laughs) Another thing both these northern United States have in common are the murmurs of a wolf-headed humanoid creature that have circulated for Mm. centuries. Wisconsin in particular had a rich collection of local legends and lore and was considered the hottest US state for hauntings, UFO sightings, and paranormal activity in general. Shit, we're number one. (laughs) I think that, yeah, like pretty much. Does that devalue it though in a way? They're like, oh, these guys are always being... Seen spacecrafts and not ghosts to me. And <laughs> yeah, some people would be like getting in there. Yeah, I want real. It estate. is very torn as well. Like that, some people are like, "You were silly," and then others are like, "He did, he did probe me there." <laughs> in nineteen ninety one, writer and cartoonist Linda Godfrey was working as a journalist for the newspaper The Week, a free weekly supplement to the Janesville Gazette that was distributed to every home and business in Walworth County, Wisconsin. During a particular slow news week in late December 1991, Godfrey, a resident of Alcorn, Wisconsin, heard the first whispers of a strange story that piqued her interest. 
So she's a re- researcher now. She is a cartoonist like a, now, but she's working as a journalist for a free supplement. So she was already doing the, the like the the baseline of journalism. Yes. And then yes. She's, yes. This has got her attention. So she yeah. never went. I love this story. No, this she, is how I'm going to start she's my a career. Cartoonist by trade. Yeah. And she worked. So she did cartoons for them as as well as. But she was mainly working as she was employed as a journalist. Yes. To a like you know how we get like I think it's the Hunter Valley News or something we get some newspaper for yeah, free totally right do we is the Argus free no no, no. still not no no way. I don't buy newspapers and stuff or get them no one does I don't. yeah so I don't know anything about it well I mean all people do I, I don't right. buy them <laughs> yes. Well, do buy? <laughs> yes I do for the races I was literally about to say you would do it and take the races no out. I don't it's you all don't? On your apps now. There's just this no need to kill that tree. On the tree just doesn't yeah, need to die 100%. anymore. percent more yeah, coal power. The ozone does. <laughs> There's something nice about holding it in your hand, though. Mm, God- when you're hitting a dog. <laughs> Godfrey had been told about the unsettling rumour of a werewolf-like creature stalking the Elkhorn cornfields by a fran- freelance journalist she was acquainted with. In her 2003 novel, The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf, Godfrey remarked a more seasoned journalist would have probably just ignored it. But Godfrey, a cartoonist by trade and fresh to journalism, was intrigued. Like the majority of Wisconsin, Elkhorn was home to a rich agricultural community. Dairy farms littered the landscape and were surrounded by fields growing an abundance of produce with corn being the crop of choice. Corn. So while there's not a lot, like there's patches of woods and thickets and everything, yeah. but the majority is like open fields that have been planted with corn. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it's like the scariest plant right. in ever. It was also the number, I'm pretty sure, not factual here. Actually, no, I am. I'm going to be confident for this. You know what? <laughs> Corn, like, mate, is the number one, easy, like, easiest food to grow and number one sort of, uh, like, food grown in the, on the planet because it's so easy to grow. You can turn it into so much and it feeds okay. something. Yeah. So that's why. It's easy to grow, low, yeah. overheads. Yeah. And scary as fuck. And lots of... <laughs> yeah. Located two hours north of Chicago and about 200 kilometres directly across Lake Michigan from Michigan, Elkhorn had a population of 6,500 residents at the time. And while considered rural, it wasn't exactly seen as a wilderness area. Lake Wendawega, I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Wendawega, that sounded pretty cool though. I hope that's right. <laughs> it was okay. And the Lauderdale chain could be found a few kilometres north of the town. And like the rest of Wisconsin, the county of Walworth, where Elkhorn is situated, boasts a variety of wildlife. Godfrey's first introduction to this unconventional form of wildlife came from a bus driver, Pat Lester, who had overheard a group of high school children referring to something as a werewolf and that they had spotted it in the Bray Road area. Would you, as a bus driver, no. overhear teenagers talking and be like, that's legit? Yeah, they no, that's why I was like, no. Yeah. Oh my God, Cindy, let him finger bang her. <laughs> like, that's what oh. I think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, He had dreamy hair. Yeah, are you going to be listening like, oh, that's they're on the money there? Yeah, those kids are right. He hits, hits the bus and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Someone needs to do something about this. Pulls his socks that are already up, up. <laughs> Further. <laughs> Extended. Bray Road is roughly a five-kilometre stretch of road that connected Highway 11 east of Elkhorn to the county road. It's basically a country lane lined with cornfields, dairy farms, marshland and dense woodlands and was considered somewhat of a backway or alternative route for locals. So it isn't exactly isolated. Mm. Like, people took it pretty frequently. The freelancer had passed up the story herself as she was personally connected with a few of the people involved and she was worried about a conflict of interest. Before Godfrey went ahead and interviewed the contact she was given, she asked a friend's teenage daughter if she had heard anything about a supposed werewolf lurking around Bray Road. To her surprise, the friend's daughter confirmed she had heard of multiple stories and gave her the information of a few more people Godfrey could speak with. 
Surprised by the teen's reaction, she went ahead and asked a few more of the locals, and it turns out some adults could also recount a couple of unnerving experiences. This is before Twilight as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're not just like, oh, he's so dreamy. I think they were actually scared of whatever this was. (laughs) These things will kill you. (laughs) They want to marry it. (laughs) Put a baby in me! (laughs) Godfrey ran this story past her editor, John Halverson, and he told her to dive headfirst into the investigation and see what she could dig up. It must have been very slow news work. With her boss's approval, Godfrey set out to try and make sense of what was ever was going on in Elkhorn. The first eyewitness she interviewed was Laurie and Drizzy, the daughter of the bus driver, Pat Lester. Imagine if his name was Mo. Mo. Oh. <laughs> I nearly said it then. <laughs> ah, you're fooling me once. <laughs> and Drizzy was the manager of the jury room in Elkhorn Lounge and Claire... Elcor and Elcor Lounge, and clearly remembered that she had wit- what she had witnessed two years ago while driving home along Bray Road. It was autumn of 1989, and around 1:30 a.m., when Indrizzi encountered what she described as this thing on the side of the otherwise deserted road. When she first saw it, the creature had its back to her, allowing her a clear view of its pointy ears. As she continued driving past it, she caught a glimpse from the front, and she was shocked to see that the thing was kneeling with its elbows up and a set of long claws facing outwards, holding what appeared to be a bloody piece of roadkill. And Drizzy had the distinct impression the creature had been gnawing upon the flesh. Jesus so Christ. it was kind of like sitting... gnawed upon. <laughs> I've been gnawed upon. It was sitting there. You want some? <laughs> I have a photo. Oh, sorry. That's, that's I'm like... a vegetarian. <laughs> So rude. I'm so I'm so sorry. <laughs> Drags a dead animal off the road. Um, <laughs> he was eating meat. That's the worst part of the story. <laughs> so that's what the the sketch is of what oh. he ended up. Yeah, that's definitely a wolf. So he yeah. was just like sitting there. I think you were talking about George. There was a um, I think it's Small Town Monsters did a video of it. It was actually yeah. quite creepy. Yeah. Them like with their creature. It was like sitting on the edge of the cornfield, like mm, on a on <laughs> a piece of roadkill. I assume. <laughs> Or another wolfman. He's like giving it a blowy on the edge of the wolfman. Could you imagine? It just starts howling. <laughs> Do you mind? And we're the monsters and just hmm, walk off into the corner. Who's the monster here? To her surprise, it didn't seem bothered by her presence and it turned its head to face her as she passed, its eyes reflecting the car's headlights. She described the creature as having dark brownish grey fur and was the size of the average man. Straight away, she felt as though she was witnessing something supernatural. And Drizzy, being quite disturbed by her experience, went to the local library in search of answers. That's where you go straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something freaks you out. Especially in 1991. I needs it. <laughs> it's one weakness. They thought it was silver. Not the lady <laughs> wrong. Not the lady in the library Just going, Education. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> the draw. The closest she came was when she happened upon an illustration labelled Werewolf in the Golden Book of the Mysterious by Western Publishing from 1976. Oh, that's right. She couldn't just Google it. She had to go to library. No, and there is a... No, yeah. Does that come up on that for everyone else to see? No, for you... I will put it, obviously, insert it. That's actually messed up. That's creepy. Creepy, hey. So that was the image she saw, and she's like, that's what I saw. Like, and the way it was, like, positioned, like how it's bending out the knee. It's it's obviously not naturally a wolf, but it's not far off that either to be Mm -hmm. believable in terms of, like, it's not a big old wolf up in two floors going crazy. This is, like... Even that illustration, like, normally... A dogman or a werewolf. See, it's got like human knees. Yeah, that's what the way it bends. What yeah. are they bad? Well, normally you <laughs> see. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's young. Um, normally they face the other way, like a dog. Yes. Ho- a hawk? Yeah, yeah well, I think that's what. It's as called. Grandpa would say to that man, was as crooked as a dog's back leg. <laughs> Righto. Who are we talking about? <laughs> um. 
Regardless of how late or early it had been, and Drizzy was sure of her description and to this day has not changed her account of things. She was so adamant about what she'd seen, she'd reported the unsettling experience to John Fredrickson, the Walworth County Animal Control Officer. So that's pretty, like, you know, if you'd seen something that really scared you, you scared her enough to report it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Godfrey was surprised to learn that Fredrickson had received so many reports of this dog-headed fur-covered bipedal creature that he'd even... He decided to ignore it even further. He he put her straight into a mental institution because she is a woman. (laughs) What are you you doing out in the first place? (laughs) So why did you leave that kitchen exactly? So he actually even had a manila folder labeled werewolf purely to keep track of silence stop uh, it so he sightings. has like yeah right so he's actually started so he doesn't he says he doesn't think it's a werewolf but that's just the, the description yeah, the the most, cool, yeah, cool exactly so he yeah. just had a folder that said werewolf and heaps of apparently quite a few sightings had trickled into animal control yeah so during an interview with godfrey Fredrickson informed her that he didn't believe anything paranormal or untoward was occurring and that the likely culprit for these sightings was probably a large coyote that was perhaps seen leaping from an awkward angle making it appear to be walking on two legs just trips into the road kill scoops it up sorry Mate, imagine he's i think he's like gaslighting her yeah <laughs> she's like oh okay but it doesn't have to be paranormal this is natural in a way like it's a genetic it could be it could be <laughs> I jumped to conclusions, didn't I? Yeah. But when he says paranormal, <laughs> it's not like the movies and that. This is just like a fucked up Paranoid wolf. Paranormal activity, like just out in the field. <laughs> it's like a wolf out there like, I got knees. Yeah. <laughs> Although he hurts. Somebody hurts so bad. <laughs> They're on backwards. I got <laughs> in Is there a surgeon? <laughs> <laughs> and Drizzy did say, though, she felt that it was supernatural. Like that's her first thought was, this is a supernatural experience. Mm. Godfrey was re. Uh, it wasn't surprising that Fredrickson would be erring on the side of caution while talking to a reporter, but Godfrey felt the fact that people had gone as far as making official reports to authorities was a good indication that she had a tangible story on her hands. Godfrey was reassured by the fact that there didn't appear to be any collusion amongst witnesses, no apparent fabrication of details, and the reports were specific and detailed. She began digging deeper, unaware she was about to play a substantial role in the making of a legend. Yeah. No collusion. Like, there wouldn't have been people getting together with stories, but I think there would have been some people where it would have been a thing and they would have jumped on board with their own little one. It's like, I saw this weird wolf. Me too. Me too. I saw it first. Yeah. I am it. It was heaps bigger. Mine was heaps bigger and I saw it heaps before you. I've seen it heaps of times. And my dad could be your dad in a fight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I know a dude way worse at that than you. (laughs) The (laughs) one-uppers. My dad could beat your dad. (laughs) Like obviously, it was like a local legend before all this happened. Mm-hmm. Like everyone sort of knew but about it. But also, it's like if you see shit like that, especially if like if I saw it, I wouldn't have told anybody. But I would have told you guys. I'd be yeah, like, I would have told you. Yeah. Did you know that you? And I wouldn't have believed you because we do this shit. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exactly like this. What we're doing. If you come out and said you had a story, no one would believe you Mm-mm. because it's what we do. Yeah, yeah. But I would tell you guys because I know you'd be like, oh yeah, whatever. But like, say someone like grandma saw something, she would be like, I'm not telling shit. Yeah. If God wanted this me to tell someone, he would send me a sign, like that sort of thing. She wouldn't tell she anybody. She would just go outside and say, go, nope, not today, and then shut the door. And yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, people are going to think I'm crazy. Godfrey was able to rustle up some more eyewitnesses and recorded their stories. Dorob, Dor- Dorob. Doris Gibson told Godfrey during an interview that she had witnessed the dog-headed man on October 29th, 1991. She'd been driving along Bray Road on a smoggy night when she felt her front tire leave the ground as if she'd hit something. She slowed her car to a stop around 50 to 60 feet from where she had, had originally felt the impact. Thinking she'd hit an animal, she exited her vehicle, but upon seeing nothing on the road, she began walking back to get a closer look. 
When she reached the rear of her car, she stopped dead in her tracks. Something she described as bigger than she was came sprinting up the road towards her. She noticed its big hairy chest as it ran straight for her. She hightailed it back to her car as quickly as she could, making it inside just as the creature took hold of her boot. She's like, what do you think you're going, bitch? Stop it. <laughs> you, you think you're going to run you're me? <laughs> we need to swap insurances. <laughs> 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 Who's the real animal here? <laughs> Don't leave me out here, this dog man. <laughs> Take you with you. I don't have healthcare. You can smell my blood. You've crossed my toes. Crush <laughs> my toes. My fucking knee. Police, I can pay. <laughs> she kicks you out. That's got a hairy chest. I'm sorry for being a guy. <laughs> What's this fucking feminist bullshit? Yeah. I have a joke for you. What has mm. ten toes but isn't your feet? Ten? I don't know. My feet. Well, I don't thought that too. I thought, nah, it couldn't be that simple. It's <laughs> a really funny joke. This is a real big dad joke. But anyway. <laughs> Poor man. <laughs> Poor dog man. No wonder he doesn't want to show himself. <laughs> Yeah. That, was the one, that was the one chance, the one opportunity. Yeah. You try to make contact, and she like tried to kill him and then drive <laughs> off. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Terrified, she floored it. She floored him off. She floored it and sped out. It's not that funny. It's not for him. I'm just imagining the sound it made when she hit him. <laughs> Was it a dog sound? Ow, that hurt. Ow. While she hadn't gotten a good look at the bottom half of the chair, she she was almost certain it was running on two legs due to her view of its hairy, heaving chest and the sound of its feet hitting the pavement as it ran. Like, it's kind of scary. She remarked that she'd never seen a human run like that. Her uncle had been a track star and it was faster than she'd ever seen him run. She described it as covered in brown, straight, long hairs and as and as bigger and more muscular than the creature that Andruzzi had originally seen. She also spoke about a feeling that she would be dinner if she hadn't made it back to her car in <laughs> you time. You ever get that feeling? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be dinner right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird way to... She thought that yeah. the thing would eat her. And that wasn't the last time she saw it that night. Gibson was actually picking up a friend from a party, and when they were returning via the same route, the friend saw it as well, exclaiming, Look at that thing! Unlike a stereotypical horror movie, the women did not stop the car for a closer look, nor did they get out, split up, or inexplicably, inexplicably begin making out and removing their clothes. It wasn't. So, uh, yeah. This was a really bad like it's horror just, movie joke. It's still just sitting there. Help. <laughs> it's been hit multiple times now. Oh, here comes another Started car. Thank toes. God. Like, <laughs> Draws the wiper down. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> he learns that he just has to do his buttons up. It's the hairy chest. Yeah. It's the button. <laughs> Why does he sound like a little Italian boy? Because he's been, he thinks he's Italian. He's been hit that many times. <laughs> Just he's, like, he's been hit that many times. He's gone bilingual. Yeah. Stuck the hair off his face except his top lip. He's got a mustache. <laughs> it's even scarier. Don't be bit of stuff for me. Like real people in a scary situation, they sped up and got out of the area as quickly as they could. You would. That's just yeah, what you would do. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, no, you'd lock the doors and just... Be, I wouldn't. Even, I don't know if I'd even want to try it. Uh, maybe I'd be curious. But who just stops to go, I need to check this out. I need to make sure uh, this thing's a killer. Yep, yeah, it is. 
you'd feel, I know sometimes in the car you get a false sense of security. You know what I mean? You're just like yeah, when you're in the car, yeah, going. Oh, maybe she thought she hit a person though. That's why she stopped and get out. She didn't see what she'd hit. Like that's true. She was doing the right thing. Yeah, until she wasn't. Till someone needed help and she was like, mm, I ain't liable for none of this shit. <laughs> We're really downplaying this actual yeah. event that happened, aren't we? Yeah. When she got home, Gibson gave a car a once over and discovered what she believed was claw marks on the back of the trunk. She showed them to Godfrey, but it was hard to prove for sure what had caused the scratches. It was text up, please help. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I like about Godfrey Hay. She was just like, That's how it is. Who that's could, what it yeah, was. Who yeah. well, who you, could tell? Go, you can't just jump straight to it. Like, how would you know? Yeah. You, yeah, you wouldn't. Another report came. From 13-year-old Heather, Heather Bowie, whom Godfrey interviewed with permission and supervision of the girl's mother, Karen. So this, I don't know why this story just really, it gave so me So she's young. Creeps. Is that yeah. why? Like younger? Yeah. Well, she's a minor, so you yeah. need your parents' yeah, permission. Right. So Heather told Godfrey about the time she saw the creature two years earlier while she was playing in a small group of friends and cousins in the Spring Prairie area when she was around 10 or 11. So she was just like, she was quite young. In late 1990, the group was returning home on dusk after sledding by a creek when they spied a large dog. The children thought it was just that until it stood up on its hind legs. Heather described it as having silver, silver and brown. F- Heather described it as having silver. Oh, fuck me, I can't say this. Heather described it as having silver and brown coloured fur with a face shaped like a coyote, but its back legs were different. She said when it stood up, the legs looked bigger than a dog's or coyotes, like they could stand up and jump stuff. It was looking at me. The children who had witnessed the creature. So. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> can I have a schmack? Oh, man, I want to taught me this. <laughs> you guys know about Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> want to see something cool? Yeah. It's not, and that's working. <laughs> Mom, the furry's back. <laughs> Take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> the parents weren't here. It was just the kids. Oh, that's bad. No, Take that's that work. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heather just... Oh, yeah. So the children had... Who ha- the children who had witnessed the creature all reported the same aggressive, unwavering stare that they felt was unnatural and purposely intimidating. The children had continued to stare at the thing while it stared back at them until an overwhelming sense of dread seemed to simultaneously wash over them. Feeling like something was wrong, the children fled and the it's creature like, chased them. It's like, I won! It's <laughs> like, I was catch up to it. I win! <laughs> <laughs> you blinked! You blinked! <laughs> The kids are going, oh, look at it staring at us. It's just sitting there going, look at those little fucking kids just staring at me. <laughs> the kids are staring at me, man. Something doesn't feel right. <laughs> They're running up, rolling with them. <laughs> Where are we going? Is there a bunker? <laughs> What's behind us? <laughs> yeah, what are we running from? <laughs> Heather remarked that it ran similar to a dog, but with bigger leaps, and it stalked them halfway home before it turned around and disappeared into the cornfields. Karen confessed that after hearing Heather's recount, none of the parents felt particularly keen on going out to see if they could find the strange animal and yeah, opted to stay inside. Hell no. <laughs> it would have been tough. I'll go grab something from the shed and I'll go find it. I'll just go to the shed and shut the door. <laughs> it's because everyone would be like, hey, Josh, can you like help me with this chore around the house? You're like, mm, mm. this wolf. I gotta, gotta go see it. I'm swamped. That's like Daniel. It's like people coming over, like, can you just help me? I don't know, like pack the dishwasher. And he's like, there is a branch on a tree out there and I need to saw it off. And I'm like, mm, I don't. I don't feel he's like one of the sheep has like a bit of goop in its eye and I need to go and put it. It's like, no, that's not helpful to us. It's just always like something else yeah. that has nothing to do with anything to do. It's seriously see. a scarier story though. It is. Hey, like that is creepy. all of them that I heard when I, not heard when I read a book. Were like <laughs> that, that one time. I read, yeah, I, I can read. I read a book. <laughs> I read a book. Oh, no, I'm and it was always like, like the staring, the watching staring, the, f- they felt like it was, it wanted to do harm, but never really 
Like he was curious. There was something going on behind the eyes. Like yeah. it was like in a form of intelligence and it was challenging them or yeah. something. Yeah. Like he was sort of waiting for them to make the first move. Like he mm-hmm. was taught like you let them throw the first punch and you finish. Like it was raised well. Like dad would say to us, you yeah. start no shit, but you finish it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pleased dad, I'm seven. Who's starting shit with a seven foot walking cane? Well, that's what I mean. It's there staring going, fucking swing, man. Dude, I would know some people that would be like, oh, what are you looking at, mate? It's like, you've never been fucking flogged in your life, have you? Like, you're about, <laughs> you're about, to, yeah, yeah. You're about to find out. Karen also told Godfrey that Heather was known to be an honest, no-nonsense kid and the other children could confirm her story. But apart from Russell Guest, the remaining children wished to stay anonymous. Reports of the dog man continued to trickle in. Lakeland Animal Shelter Director Marty Borner told Godfrey in 1991 someone had came and someone had came and seen him about a some strike. Her burp. Okay, I'm good. Sorry. Someone had. Just <laughs> <laughs> I said, excuse me. <laughs> someone had excuse. came and seen him about some strange tracks that were discovered in the snow near Simon's Field, Simon's Feed Mill on Potter's Road in the Bay, in the Bray Road general area. The person who discovered them went and got a friend to come and take a look also. Neither of them had ever seen tracks like it before. The imprints were made after the first snow of the year and indicated whatever was responsible for them had unusually long claws. No pictures or castings were made. They never are, are they? Like, yeah. Can you imagine yeah. though? Like if I... will take our word who for has, it. But like who has casting shit on hand? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be like any... Yeah. You see it out there and you go, shit, that's different. Let's, uh, let's try and mould that. <laughs> what if I got a bit of flour? Hear me out. Yeah. Make some water. Let's take a video of it. Make sure you shake the camera. Yeah. Hey, do you have that old Nokia 3310? <laughs> yeah. I got my new iPhone, just grabs it and tosses it in the river. Yeah, yeah. go get that Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he just walks out of the forest. You guys want to paint me? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Puts a knee up. Snaps the canvas. <laughs> Run. <laughs> a shelter attendant also informed Godfrey that an employee at the Elkhorn Burger King in the middle of town had seen a man-like creature running in the area and he could not believe how fast it ran or the power it seemed to have. I feel like that could be like just someone is like their husband's come home and they've put the dude in the closet and now he's running through town naked, like, oh, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. He jumped out it's the Frank window because husband came home. Who? <laughs> it's Frank the Tank. Who's that? Off arm, um, what's that? Uh, name? We're going streaking. Come on, everybody's got, it's uh, just him by himself. Um, yeah, what's not, that? Uh, the high school, like, yeah. what is it? The college where they stay at the house. It's, um, yeah. You got to say it because it. Oh, you're people, my boy, Blue. People be screaming you're at You're my it. boy, Blue. Yeah. Um, what is it? Freshman? Not, no. Not like old. No, it's not old. Old school. Old school. Old school. You got it. Yeah. yeah. You got it's it. not it's old school. school, but it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I still get credit for that, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Workers at the animal shelter were unable to give Godfrey a definitive answer to uh, answer when she asked them what they thought it could be. Warner did note that a wolf had been seen in the Bloomfield and Genoa City. In Bloom in Blo- Bloomfield in Genoa City on December 16, which had been just a few weeks earlier, there had also been reports of a wolf activity around the Grange and in Kettle Moraine. So these are just all surrounding areas that aren't very far from one another. And wolves are pretty—they're there all the time, aren't they? Around? No, they they are there, but they're very rare. Like bears, it's it's, it's not un- like it's not it, it doesn't never happen, but it's rare. Yeah. So if you saw a bear, you'd be like, "That's that's." Strange. Strange, yeah. But you'd be like, oh, it happens. Yeah. Fredrickson remarked this country is getting stranger and stranger, and while no one in the shelter could say for sure what was going on, they continued to take the report seriously and manage them to the best of their ability. Godfrey, being a cartoonist by trade, decided to sketch the creature based on Andrizzi's sighting to be published with the so story. That's actually pretty cool that she can just start sketching. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what, sh- what I showed you was her thing. Yeah. 
So that's the and that's just that sketches the Italian dude trying to get in a car. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. He's like, we can't publish this. Make it more like animal like. Godfrey remarked that in hindsight, she should have gotten a cryptozoologist involved as soon as she heard the first witness report. And while the trail was still somewhat warm, but at the time she'd never even heard of a cryptozoologist. Cryptozoologist. Mm, see's head. See what you have here is a rabid capybara. <laughs> With a, like, mustache. That, with a mustache that's like how easy it is to just be a crypto like it's not a real thing do you know what i mean like it, it is like because it's someone who studies crypto is anything real but could you do like how do you become one do you know what i mean i could say i am one because i are. have like a pretty you could good, literally say yeah, you're one i've got a pretty good knowledge of like these that's true but then, animals yeah there's no paper do, there's like, no is, paper is there anyone there that that is an actual like oh, i get Paid, I work in cryptozoology. Maybe that's what it well, is. People who do things like this, I guess, if you get paid doing, a, they do stories over there and they end up getting like, well, like probably investigate. Like, there's probably like talks and stuff that people do, like travel around and talk about shit like this. There's heaps of conventions in the States. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, can I go to work and tell people I'm a cryptozoologist? Yes. I wouldn't. I'm going to take his answer for this. <laughs> yeah. Straight up go do you it. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't mean you should. How do I get some form of. Paperwork, even though it's not real, just to show them, and they're like, the only paperwork "What is that? Go, gonna, this is what it is, Jen." The only paperwork you're going to get is like a mental health assessment <laughs> from your HR advisor. I feel <laughs> like I'm already there, though. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think you could, but I guess it's like you said. Look, it'd be like you'd have to have. I guess it'd be more like you would have to have a recognized by the public, maybe. Like David Pilatus. No, David Pilatus wouldn't even be considered a cryptozoologist. Someone like Rex. There's some dude called Rex something, not Rex Hunt. I'm thinking of a fishing dude. Rex Gilchrist or something. He's made his whole life living. Like he writes books about things. He invest talks about investigations he's done. I guess it's yeah, more like that. Does he know about the big feet? He's Australian, so. Is he? He's more, yeah, like Yowie. Yowie. <laughs> Wowie, it's a Yowie. That's his favourite line. How good were Yowies when we were little? You know the Yowie books and the Yowie chocolates? The The chocolate was great. You never read the books? I did, but I looked at the pictures. But you like... you? No, I didn't know what they're doing. I didn't know what they're up to, but they just look cool and they tasted great. You know what? Sorry, honesty. Does that... No, you know, I was just saying, if you're happy, who cares? Exactly. You're not hurting anyone and you're having a good time. I say to B now when she's like, how was that dinner when we go to a nice place? I'm like, oh, it wasn't that great. And everyone gets upset with me. It's like, I can fucking lie to you. It's amazing. (laughs) I think there's just like this standard of just like... Happy, happy all the time. You're always going to be happy. Oh, it was great. But then oh, the other day... set him off. Yeah, he set me off. <laughs> Hang on, let me finish it though. The other day we went to <laughs> a we place and I had dinner and it was amazing. So when I was like, this is fucking good. Like, Where this is it? really good. I was um, blue... No, I always say it wrong. Um, the dog one, the dog rest- cafe restaurant down across from the Bolo at Soldier's Point. It's called Blue... No, not Bluey. Lucky Dog? No, it's something to do with a dog. Happy Dog. No. Okay. Hungry you're Dog. Just, you're just saying random things. No. No, it is. Um, I want to do it. Cheeky oh, dog. Cheeky dog. Yeah. Cheeky dog. I had like a pe- uh, spicy pizza and then the kids all had different things. But you had like a pretzel. Everything, it's really good there. Everything tasted amazing. And I was like, this is really good. This is the best food in a long time. And then it like the face, their face was like, this guy means it. Yeah. Like, yeah. This guy actually thinks it's good because instead of the whole like, no, it's pretty good. Because if you if you keep on hyping everything up, then where does it end? Exactly. Like, how, how do you it know if it's actually it's really an good? Addiction, and I think <laughs> we need to talk about more about that. I on feel like extra. it's different if you go out with like a bunch of not even close friends, like strangers. or Not that you go out with strangers, but you know what I mean? When, it's kind of like when people are like, hey, you going? You're not just like, I fucking, I'm so sad. You know what I mean? Because it it's just, no, but it's just. I love how your reactions go straight to sad. <laughs> no, so, but, sad. so fucking miserable. But you don't. Cheer me up now, you've engaged. <laughs> but this is what I'm getting at. If you say to someone, like, you're just like, oh, hey, how you going? And they're just like, 
blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, just say you're fine. Like, yeah. I don't, it's like a, it's a I'm greeting. Being, it's I'm just, being polite. Yeah. yeah. But when it's Are you your saying close, that's what it's like with the food, though? No, but what I'm saying, when it's your close family and friends, like, I don't think you have to perform for no. them. Like, you should be like, that was a bit shit. And you, you're just like, oh, okay, mine was good. Because they stare at you like they cook the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it good? And they're all staring at you like, <laughs> Yes, you didn't burn it. I think it's different if you always find the negative in a situation. That gets tiring very quickly. If it's just like you had like a few good things happen, but that one negative thing you like concentrate yeah, you, that's on. The, yeah, that's shit. But like, be honest. Like, yeah. if you're like, nah, my meal wasn't very good. Yeah, I'd be I do like, it all that's time. all about balance. Balance, mm-hmm. it is. And on, it? like, be honest with the people around you. Because if you were just like, it was awesome. I'm like, you kind of were crying when you were eating it, so it feels a little disingenuous. Like, Why didn't no, you no. finish it? I'm full. Yeah. Full of lies. I like <laughs> I can't hold it in but anymore. It's coming at my ears. Anyway. I'm just doing I'm doing what he's doing. <laughs> you can have a sip of yours, mate. You actually it's actually disturbed me how much you're not touching it. I've I've talked a lot. That's what I mean. Jesus. I'm just saying have a break. Take oh, a break. Jeez, oh boy. Jesus. It was on the Walking on a tightrope. Because I can. Badass that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best comeback for that thing ever. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I just, just, just my like, pants. Yeah, it sounds like we. <laughs> I need a wee now. <laughs> you right, champ? <laughs> like, that's, like... that's how you know it's good. The bubbles. <laughs> 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 okay, I've re- reloaded. Let's We're go. Good. A Godfrey appropriately titled her article The Beast of Bray Road, unknowingly dubbing the creature with its new official name. As she submitted it for print, she pondered about the mystery and how it would be received by the people of the area. She had no idea how big this story would grow and just how far it would reach. So the week is owned by a crab people. Crap people like, I don't believe this. Fucking can't get anything. It doesn't make any sense as they're rooting it with their nippers. <laughs> their little googly eyes. <laughs> it don't make no sense. <laughs> There's no such thing as werewolves. <laughs> this is my take on it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you should be a cryptozoologist. Mm. Like. I am, remember we discussed okay, this. Okay, sorry, you are. You yeah. are. You are. So the week is a conglomerate of, it's owned by a conglomerate of newspapers um, and one of the reporters at the Janesville Gazette wrote a recap on Godfrey's story and it went out to the Associate Press Wire. So a lot of what they do is they, um, because they're all owned by the same newspaper, they will take her story and rewrite it or just take it fully and just put it into another newspaper and like send it all around, which I found interesting because when we got the newspapers.com subscription, when you would try and search something, you would see, especially when I was doing this story, it would be like the same article in like 17 different newspapers over different dates. Mm-hmm. So they kind of just reuse it, in, it different, in. in different areas. Yeah. yeah. If they find something interesting enough, they will reuse it in different areas. Mum was telling me about that. You downloaded yeah. that and it's pretty Dude, so sick. Did you type in Red Mary Bridge and see that photo? No. <laughs> Nerds. I did not. Oh, I remember. Within weeks, the story had travelled coast to coast. TV stations sent camera crews to Elkhorn before long witnesses were appearing on television programs and telling their stories just as they had done with Godfrey. Some regretted it, but there was no going back now. Like, when I was searching the newspapers to see the response, fuck, it was so bad, hey? Like, I would never tell my story. People, because you know how, like, back in the day with newspapers, they would take, like, reader submissions 
So you would write to the newspaper and be like, this was my opinion on last week's article. Yeah. And some were like, who would be moronic enough to write this? They need to get their bloody head checked. Like, all this stuff. Like, what an absolute fucking dipshit. Like, they were saying the worst, like, obviously. Was this from, like, local people? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Like like local us, people, not... It'd be us re- reading something in the Argus and then being like, <laughs> what a fucking dickhead. And then taking the time to write in and just say the most disparaging things about this pe- these people that they were going to read later... That's a dog man writing in. <laughs> what the fuck do these people think they're talking about? That sounds so messed up right now. <laughs> so bullshit. Yeah. There's no such thing as me. I mean, dog <laughs> I man. Mean, <laughs> like, yeah. But at this stage, they did not refer to it as dog man or anything like that. They'd never even heard of the term. So Godfrey was inundated with requests from media outlets to explain her story further. Explain and, it. And give her... I thought pe- I did. <laughs> well, this is interesting because they asked her to give her opinion on the happenings on and around... Bray Road and like she talked about how some of them got annoyed with her because she'd be like like I said this is what happened this is what it is then they'd be like so you think it's like a werewolf right and she'd be like I don't know what it is kind of putting words yeah yeah she'd be like they wanted this kind of big dramatic like say the line I didn't do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was exactly like that like she felt that they wanted some kind of really like they wanted her to be kooky they wanted her to be kooky because right now they're like she's showing facts sounds ridiculous but we can't really be like she's kooky because she's just doing the fact say werewolf yeah yeah she's crazy guys it's not as like it's not as intriguing to other people or like they they wanted this like really flamboyant article that would bring people viewers in and they'd be like they it's kind of like even in today's media like when you write something purposefully incendiary it's because you react more to shit that like pisses you off or like you know what i mean to get and so more people would read and write in and be like this person's a dumb bitch you know what i mean like that's what i think they were looking for it's more of a response from people yeah um and then some fellow journalists were saying it was a hoax and the weak newspaper had made the story up in order to sell more copies, which was ironic because it's a free paper. So, like, that didn't make any sense. So the strange story brought a bunch of unlikely tourism into Elkhorn, a bus from a tavern in Illinois. Here comes all the weirdos. (laughs) Here comes us. Set out for play. is driving it. (laughs) I didn't say dogmen. I never once said that. It was just always inferred. He's like just really irresponsible. Never mind. Anyway, so a bus from a tavern in Illinois set out for Bray Road on werewolf tours. Understandably, the residents of Elkhorn weren't pleased with the influx of supposed werewolf hunters who were scampering across their paddocks or peering into their backyards. That would piss me off. Yeah, yeah, it was lucky no one got accidentally shot with the amount of sneaking yeah, around it was going on. Do you remember how Dad tells the story of the abandoned house that we are currently sitting in? that I had an electrician hook stuff up and those are definitely real candles. Like, this is an abandoned house and we're, yeah, we're filming in I it. I can smell them. Um, yeah. They smell great, by the way. <laughs> How Simenimen. he got called by the dude renting the property saying there's some people at this abandoned oh, and house. Oh, he went over there. And yeah. Dad went over there and it was like, like, you would describe it as like OnlyFans models, like just women in bikinis getting like photographed. That's like, carry on. Yeah, Dad was like over here, he was like, I will allow you to be on my property. With strict supervision, like, but they just came out because it looked like a good haunted background, and but it's like so fucking frustrating when people do that, yeah. Because it's when people, what do you mean I just can't do what I want? I know, and it's also like people are like, oh, you've got so much land, you should share it. And it's like it's not even about that; it's about the fact that that person trips and breaks their ankle, and now they're suing you, yeah, 
Like it's a public liability thing. It's not even so much as like here, come and enjoy it. It's like when back in the day, people would always be like, "Can we? We got our kid a motorbike. Can we come ride on your property?" It's just like, yeah. So when he falls off and breaks his arm, you try and sue me for the medical bill side of it because yeah. it occurred on something I own. Like it's, but yeah, I think that was like probably better than people looking for werewolves. It was just like chicks in bikinis, like just. Oh, there would have been a few werewolves out there. Just yeah. like Definitely a, chicks in bikinis looking for werewolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like a werewolf for you, girl. <laughs> you want to touch some hairy. <laughs> Just <laughs> goes, you want to come see my dairy? <laughs> I'm real good with others, you know what I'm saying? Puts on his AI glove. <laughs> too far? That shit sells too, just not legally. What? That sort of video. Carry on. Oh, are you talking about like bestiality <laughs> yeah. or something? We don't do that here. Dan's been kind of um like filming... Sounds oh, so speaking bad. of bestiality, no. Dan's been filming. I'm really bad. Mr. Squeal. I don't know if we're even allowed to say that, but like he will, like he makes content like with how he does the farming because he's only learning and stuff and it's like really whatever. And he always walks out there with like his camera on a tripod and I'm like, is that where you think you're going with that boy? And I was like, who's the lucky lady today? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just like, can you please shut the fuck up? No, it's like that one. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you in the mood for ram? <laughs> I just have a glass of milk from that <laughs> from <thing>. that cow. <laughs> <laughs> but I always he's like, please, like he's like, why do you have to make it so uncomfortable? And I was like, I bet there are. Why do you have to make it so? <laughs> I bet there are freaks out there, like you said though, that it's like illegal. But on the dark web, the shit you would oh, I can't even imagine. It's like just the dog man in handcuffs, <laughs> like a gimp suit. No, never mind. Furries. <laughs> The Walworth County Sheriff's Department was tired of the shenanigans surrounding the sightings and released a statement where they warned about trespassing and declared the creature in the reports was either a dog or coyote with deformed legs and it had probably already been killed. They're really running with that coyote with a wheelchair. And they're like, yeah, it's probably already dead. It's It's probably already dead. Yeah, but like, Mm. can you elaborate on why you think it's already dead? He like cocks a shotgun. None of your business. (laughs) I thought it was really strange. Had the shit kicked out of it trying to get an (laughs) orchid. She's fucking to go gone. To hospital. Yeah, it's dead. <laughs> My wife's in labor. I need you. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the most popular theory amongst residents was that it was a huge, feral German Shepherd, Husky, or Wolf hybrid. That's creepy. Yeah, that's, a, that's that's worse. Creepy. No, the worst sightings. They're not in here because remember, this is just a history of the Breast of Bray Road, like the legend of of how it all began. But I read some sightings linda godfrey's got a blog it's still up go check it out it's like very interesting she reports all of the sightings that came after this book this book was published i think 2003 so there's lots of other sightings that have come in since this book there are quite a few that report seeing like a man's body with the head of a german shepherd and i don't know why that just fucking freaked me out more than a wolf or anything else it was like huddled on the side of the road and it was like eating roadkill and it would look like a fur like it had the body of a man but like fur covered obviously so it looked like what they describe here but the head was like a german shepherd dog like it wasn't a that's I, german, german shepherd head creepy. would be it creepier so than a wolf creepy. Head. Oh, that old dog used to have man it creeped oh kaiser yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but that i don't know why but the german shepherd like cuz they've got that big tongue that like hangs out the side of their mouth and i'll just be just like, creepy looking it'd be like no way so in the meantime reports slowed down but they never stopped there was a number of similar sightings where occupants in cars were driving on or near Bray Road when a large wolf-like creature ran across in front of the car, but on its hind legs instead of all fours. The majority of these witnesses would describe almost the same experience and all were ha- all were had from moving vehicles. So it's like people are driving. I'm sorry, am I boring you? No, I, yawn, I like to yawn. Sorry. I'm not going <laughs> to not yawn just so that... Okay. 
Do you know that? Um, <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> yawning is just a sign that your brain needs more oxygen. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you gotta fill your lungs up because it does. Like you try you yawning, it's like taking a big deep breath. Feels amazing. Sorry I for living high and life. I feel like the size of your brain probably doesn't need much. Oxygen. Yeah, I got a brain freeze right now. I got an air you freeze. Got a brain freeze. Got an air freeze. <laughs> Josh just breathes like this for his brain, like. <laughs> it's fine. Look, it's like oh, it just woke up half, and I can do maths. So Someone give me a calculator. That doesn't make sense because if you can do it, you don't need it. <laughs> See how I worked that out though. She's a lad. More of a problem solver. <laughs> Sorry, carry on with the boring story. A few other reporters from local papers decided to jump on board the Beast of Bray road train and started doing some investigating of their own. <laughs> Everyone get on quick, it's leaving. <laughs> you can see the, the guy shoveling the car as a wolf. <laughs> Everybody jump on. <laughs> Free entrees for nobody. <laughs> oh, so evil. <laughs> he's, he's German now. Yeah. Hans. It's a European it's wolf. Hans. Reporter Rick Rommel went and spoke to some of the, Bray, the Brays who lived on Bray Road. 35-year-old resident Scott Bray informed Ramel that in just one evening he had seen seven or eight people shining spotlights near his house. Yeah, fuck that shit. I feel like that... That triggers me. What does that trigger me? Because you have anger issues. Well, then over there. (laughs) (laughs) Because we grew up on land and people would... Flashlights are one of your triggers. I think it's a fight or flight thing though. Like you're on your land, not no one's it's, supposed to be there, and you're you know like, "What, what are they fucking doing?" No, no, I better attack first can, and ask questions later. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the entitlement of people yeah. to not give a fuck and just walk on your land. I think it's more. Con- I can deep down, I'm concerned that they, they they're going to do something they shouldn't be. Like they're here for a start, they shouldn't be. What else are they up to? I think it's for me. It's more like. You know, the, the fucking nerve of some people to I just... Think, you would never do that. Yeah. So the fact that I, someone I, is doing it to you... I agree you, with you because it, it's something you wouldn't do. Yeah. Well, you're seeing someone else do it. It's rude. Like, yeah. It's really, really but rude. it's kind of like, I can jump your back fence into your yard. What else do they think they can do? How much? How further? Like, I can just open your door. I'm in your fridge. They drink. can jump, jump your back fence. Yeah. They can do nearly everything. I'm drinking your beer. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just thinking of like... Like Aboriginal Australians right now, and like the white people white rock up to like colonize, and they're just like, This is so rude. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same thing with your Aboriginal. If you jump my fence, I'm scared because I'm like, What are they up? I just, what are they uh, up to? What are they going to do? I think they know, like, they know what the deal is. It's just these people keep coming onto their land to yeah. search for this beast, and they're just like, Fucking get lost. Like, yeah, it's kind of like <sighs> you get your shed unlocked normally, you're like, like these people over there, you're like, what you know, the farmers, yeah. pot, whatever they may be, they're like guys wandering around. They could be grabbing something you wouldn't know about. You wouldn't know till later on. Or yeah, but it's also it gives me like city people vibes. Like, yeah. how do you not know that that's not an okay thing to do? Yeah, that's true. But that's what's so annoying about it. It's frustrating. It's like, go, bro. Like, what are you doing on like? And then I you, want money for this. What if you you're pay? exactly? Yeah. Give me ten bucks. Yeah, do it. Do it the fuck you want. <laughs> ten bucks is that a wall? Uh, well, I'd how start at ten. Were there? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. If you do a, like a group discount. No. If you're hot, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. That's what you, 100%, that's what if you're... If you're handsome. If, you, if you're a handsome lady, yep. come on up. So, <laughs> Bray also said that he had never seen anything like the creature that was being reported on, although sometimes later, sometime later he admitted to having a strange experience with the creature with the creature near a pile of rocks on his farm. No other family members <laughs> <laughs> reported having like seen anything Near a strange. pile of rocks. <laughs> it's strange. He's like, hey, baby, what you doing over there on them rocks? Mm, you want me to help shift them? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, there was a brass neck under that. He's one. like, look, <laughs> look, I did see it, and ain't nothing weird happened. Okay, you don't, you go tell Billy Jessup over there that I didn't touch his dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh. 
Godfrey began receiving letters from readers outlining their own hypothesis about what was going on in Wisconsin. One reader believed the Wolfman thing had something to do with scientific experiments. I fucking love this. Specifically genetic splicing. And alleged a mouse with the head of a chicken has already been produced under laboratory conditions. And this was authorised by the government who had already created many monstrosities. Isn't it it's crazy? It's a pretty I'm, big leap from a, yeah. from a, like a mouse with a chicken head to a... Wouldn't you do it the other way around? Walk on it's back big legs. Yeah. I would do like a chicken body mouse head because it can still lay eggs. There's nothing productive about a chicken head mouse. You just want all the holes from the chicken still there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that a rat head trying to push an egg out? <laughs> <laughs> Chicken's just it's just one use, just one. Yeah. It's just torn. <laughs> just explodes, lays an ostrich egg, and just dies. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's how I wanted it. <laughs> just lays another one that does the same thing. It's a continuous cycle. There's no profit at all. Yeah. Chamouses. <laughs> oh, Mickens. Chamouse. Mickens. <laughs> Mickens. Well, you got out back there, just a couple of Mickens. <laughs> Oh, Fuck a bang! A couple of mickens, maybe a chouse or two. <laughs> a chouse or something. <laughs> ain't nothing normal Popular around here. Popcorn. If it's normal, it ain't normal. <laughs> <laughs> it literally gives you the definition to kill it before it lays eggs. Yeah. This mysterious person wrote, I know what the beast of Bray Road is. I know it's secret. I know that more small pets and warm-blooded creatures will vanish from the area because people refuse to believe. They have forgotten the old ways, and I don't want to know about the danger of the new. Oh, They're probably southern, even though Wisconsin's a northern state. I just think it's more fun to read it like that. That was creepy. And I creeped up on that chest, and it looked at me with its little beady eyes. <laughs> and it said to me in a little mouse speak, Kill me! <laughs> Fucking <laughs> <Like a> bang! <laughs> <laughs> it's just an egg sitting there. <laughs> Blows the windows out. Who the fuck wants to keep these things? Where's the profit? <laughs> Some people just do things because they can. <laughs> <laughs> and a little chicken mouse come up to me with a fucking bang! <laughs> we got them, we send them into war now. They think, oh, look, this cute little chicken mouse coming down. Bang! <laughs> there goes Billy's leg. He never walks the same again. <laughs> anyway, moving on. By May 1992, interest in the Beast of Ray Road was still going strong and the Walworth community was capitalising on the increase of interest in the rural town. The Lakeland Bakery making, began making werewolf cookies, large sugar cookies cut to the shape of a standing wolf or wolf's head and decorated with brown frosting for fur and sporting gleaming white frosted fangs. So it's just like a very. I think I do have a photo of. Yeah, it's becoming a. I reckon it um, makes it worse with trying to believe. It's like now we turn it into a fucking drug, you know, like a Transylvania type thing. You got a profit. Yeah, no, I'm more for the profit. Always (laughs) for the profit. All about the money, money, money. (laughs) A local alcohol gingerbread too. That tastes like shit. I could just. Oh, they look good, eh? Like they look pretty good. A local Elkhorn bar started serving silver bullet specials and attempted to sell T-shirts with Godfrey's sketch from the article printed on them. This was a copyright issue, and instead of stopping the sale altogether, the bar commissioned an artist to produce another Beast of Brains. To, bro- cop, uh, to just do a different one yeah. completely? or Be- It's inspired print. So just I want Godfrey's one. Oh, it wasn't one. We just talked about that. Sorry, go on. I think you could probably find it. Like I think everything's a bit skew-if now that she's passed away as well. I like, want one I of don't- those shirts. Well, you know what? Your birthday soon. If you be, if you're real lucky, 
someone might get you one. Just fucking get one. <laughs> Fine. There's no way you're waiting. <laughs> a local t- a local non-profit organisation known as Smiles, which provides therapeutic horse riding experiences for disabled children, held a benefit on Bray Road centering the experience around the sightings of the beast. The event began at 9am and went until the beast creeps home and requested participants to help Smiles search for the beast of Bray Road. Does it really exist? The schedule of the benefit included 1,200 acres of trail riding through beast country. Jesus Christ. And all day wear BQ on the menu wear dogs, which at the time they didn't know dog man, but I think it should have been hot dog man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. A cash reward was even offered for finding evidence of the beast and an overnight camping experience for the completely crazy could also be undertaken. Godfrey found it incredible how television and radio broadcasts of the story were able to encourage more witnesses to come forward. Like yes, it this really, is where it gets a bit... Like, all this shit began really yeah. normalising it. But then that's when you get all the people, I was like, I definitely saw the beast and bro. You get the people, yeah. like you said, you would be, where you're just like, I'm not telling anybody that, but you know, yeah. well, now everyone else is telling it. This is what I had. Mm-hmm. They, I got a story, and I want to tell you, but I'm going to speak it from my mind to your mind. So my lips won't be moving, but you'll know. You know, like that, she'd get stuff like that, and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, let me give my pen out." One witness had a particularly strange encounter with a creature similar to the beast described in Godfrey's article. While watching the evening news in Racine, Wisconsin, in his Racine, Wisconsin home, Joe Shackleman was shocked to see Godfrey's sketch of the beast of Ray Road during a story covering the sightings. Every hair on his body stood on end and he recalled a story he had been told by his father, Mark Shackleman, about a time when he worked as a night security guard at the St. Coletta Catholic Convent. So this story sometimes, I don't know why they usually mention this story when people talk about the uh, Michigan Dogman, but this happened in Wisconsin, not in Michigan. So it's actually would be the base of Like I'm not, I'm not being that particular, but... Being a little bit particular. Located three kilometres east of Jefferson, Wisconsin... The St. Coletta Convent was basically a religious institution run by nuns that housed people that were believed to be mentally disabled. So Rosemary Kennedy was JFK's, I think she was his youngest, yeah, his youngest sister, and she was lobotomized by her dad in 1941 at the age of 23 and then just sent to live there. Really? A lot of people used to get lobotomized. Though. They thought it was like something that made Dude, you. you could have autism and they'd lobotomize yeah. you. Yeah. You could be like super depressed because, I don't know, it's like you don't have food yeah. and like it's a shit time to be alive if you're poor. Yeah. And they were just like... It's freaky. I've seen like yeah. before and afters. They call it like... like yeah. back in the, it's fucking yeah. You have a mood creepy. disorder, let's lobotomize you. Well, they go yeah. from this like ADHD or whatever it may be. It's like something they got. And the next minute, they're just like mm. these fucking mellow nobody. Like nothing. nothing. Just yeah. no, You look in their eyes and they're just like not even there. And a lot yeah. of the time... The, and she was 23. Like she was an adult. But the parents still sent her. It's a lot of the time... I, the vibe I got was like people were like a handful. They didn't want to deal with your shit. So they'd take you, they'd lobotomize you. So you're like easy to handle. And then they would just put you and someone else would look after you. Like, she wasn't... Apparently, there's lots of different theories, but apparently she just had a bit of, like, lack of air during birth sort of thing. And then, by all accounts, she was pretty normal. Like, she just might have been a bit... <laughs> what? scratched my face then. I was just like, <laughs> well... <laughs> you would have been you lobotomized. Yeah, conundrum. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so she was, like, I don't know, a bit different, but, like, not to the point where she couldn't maybe have a job and look after us. And not that you would need to as a Kennedy, you know what I mean? He was just like, you're getting on my nerves. Yeah. In the centre there. Such so, an extreme surgery for dude. something so You think minor. maybe because she was a Kennedy, though, like we have to get her out of the picture? Yes, it, 100%. That's what yeah. it was about. It was like, you don't look good for us. Yeah. And also, I think it was um, like a lot of husbands were doing to their wives. 
like because their wives are like fuck I hate being a housewife and raising your children while you're cheating with everyone. And they're woman. like I hate nagging. And they're just like she's hysterical with mood disorders. The bottom me. Yeah. I'm going to go marry Cindy now. Like that's what it was like. Shit, now Sydney needs one. Yeah. <laughs> um, like for sure you'd get like a coupon for deals like There's a lot of coffee card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get the free. <laughs> Can't wait to get my 10th one. <laughs> In 1936, on the grounds of the convent, Mark Shackleman had a bizarre encounter with a strange creature two nights in a row. Employed as the night watchman, Shackleman was patrolling the property around midnight when he saw something that brought him to an immediate standstill. Before Shackleman knelt, before Shackleman knelt a bizarre humanoid creature who was perched atop a Native American burial mound, desperately crawling at, clawing at the ground. It was like... <laughs> it sounded like that too. I bet. Like, <laughs> Get some fresh man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's in the graves The burial man, yeah no, That's nuts That's fucked up I'm not hungry, I'm horny <laughs> You can't do that <laughs> That's what it was like It was just like in there, like I g- It gave me like Gollum vibes Looking for the ring So as he approached the entity It stood upright and Oh, I was going to say Please tell me just stops and Stood upright and immediately fled I'll come back with you, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pussy, pussy, come back here. <laughs> I thought you are a dog man, not cat man. <laughs> <laughs> Joe noted how his father's description of the creature, including its crouched position and sizable claws, bore striking similarities to Laurie and Drizzy's encounter with the Beast of Bray Road. The next day, with sunlight on his side, the elder Shackleman t- returned to the burial mound and tried to make sense of what he had witnessed the night before. Upon the ground, he spied what he described as raking marks that appeared to have been made by three long claws. He had told his Fucking son T-Rex. that when he first saw the creature, it appeared as though its thumb and little finger was shriveled, or obviously shorter than its middle three fingers, or it was possible the creature held its hand in a claw-like position with its thumb and little finger folded in towards its palm with its middle fingers fingers extended out. It's like yeah, sort of like a messed up yeah. fucking paw. <laughs> Freddy Cougar, go to sleep. I get you then. Grab onto my good hand. <laughs> Chad, <laughs> my germs. <laughs> this is um a photo. This is the sketch, Joe. I don't know. This story is kind of like it's like someone told someone else, and that someone else is telling someone else over like a very long period of time. So shit could have easily been. Damn, he's yoked. Look at that arm. Fucking <laughs> zombie wolf. He's in the burial man looking for protein. Like, got it. Everyday leg day. <laughs> so that's him. Nice little fella. And the elder Shackleman was either very brave or very stupid. As that night, at around midnight, he once again returned to the burial mound, this time armed with a torch that he could use ever as a weapon if need be. <laughs> Who sees something that goes, i got a fucking torch now? Mm. It's like <laughs> cops, so you know how they hold it like that? They're like, torch, baton! Yeah, cops torch, when they're baton. fighting people. <laughs> yes. I saw this thing, I'm getting a torch. I'd be getting mickens. Mm. <laughs> Fucking chucking them at them. Or hand grenades. I, I thought we hadn't decided whether it was going to be mickens or chows. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, who goes a torch is going to help me out here? I don't know. Maybe he was like, I don't know what this is. And it didn't hurt me last time. So I feel like I'll carry a torch because I'll be able to see it better. Oh, that's true. But then if it comes near me, I'll be able to whack, whack it with a torch. Bit yeah. of a whack. Get yeah. back. You should have just taken a roll up newspaper. Mm-hmm. Bad dog. just as he had predicted the creature had returned and was again digging at the same patch of dirt but this time it didn't flee instead it stood and faced Shackleman who guessed it's height at around six feet tall I have a torch (laughs) (laughs) when retelling the encounter to his son he described the thing as being covered with dark or black hair and smelling terrible like a corpse with eyes that looked right through him so the eyes again it's the eyes thing 
it let out a sound, a three-syllable growl, low in mean. It said something like, Godara. Oh, so it said it actually spoke. It actually spoke. spoke. Like, it sounded like it spoke. Godara. I don't know if she's making a joke. No, it's like, no, I'm serious. He, he said it sounded like something that went, Godara. Godara. <laughs> I forgot how to be a dog. <laughs> he went to bark with a gear on shit. Godara. Bless you. Joey. Come on, keep it digging. I mind my business. You mind your you, business. Like that's where I fucking kill you. <laughs> Look at me. Look at you with a torch. Should have bought more than that, you ticket. <laughs> I'm on <hungry. laughs> Shut up in the gravel. <laughs> said fucking Katara. <laughs> Joe informed Godfrey his father was no sissy. He had been a heavyweight boxer and not much scared him, but this interaction had made the hair in the back of his neck stand up and he was certain the creature could easily end his life if it wanted to. Like, no shit. Like, like yeah. I used to be with Put him up here, trap him. Like. Oh, they'll fucking beat him in ten rounds. <laughs> My dad could beat your dad, but not that werewolf. <laughs> Shackleman did the only thing he could think of. He prayed to God to save him. Mm. The creature appeared to sneer at him and then turned and walked away. <laughs> Religion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you in this time, Catholic man. <laughs> the smell of rotting flesh lingered in the air for some time and Shackleman said another prayer of thankfulness. He never saw the creature or anything like it again. At the Religion time, scared off. <laughs> oh, fucking Jesus. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> it burns my fucking ears. Yeah. <laughs> Just takes off. See these happy clappers. <laughs> no, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing Bibles at him. Fuck, it does hurt. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, he informed only his wife of this terrifying encounter, and she was sworn to secrecy. Many years later, he revealed this story to his son, Joe, who drew a sketch based on his father's description of the creature. Joe's drawing depicts a muscular humanoid figure. <laughs> I could just see like a circle and a bigger one with those four legs. Here it is, Dad. <laughs> yes, son, exactly like that. <laughs> is it like? Is it like? Um, is it Scary Movie Three, where they like this is what it looks like, and it's just like a shitty stick figure oh, or some yeah, shit? Yeah. And she's just like, oh my god, so it resembles it. So it had its head shows a pronounced muzzle with large, noticeable fangs and tall, pointed ears. Its tailless body is covered with raggedy, long fur. Overall, the image appears canine-like, but you'd also be forgiven for thinking it seems somewhat apish in appearance. Yeah. Like mm. it's maybe he was just a bad drawer. Like no offense, but like it was a bit. Was it, well, I mean, how old was the kid at the time? I guess he could have been. This is what I'm eight. getting at. Like dad's telling the son who's telling Godfrey. Yeah. Like it's a bit. Godfrey reported on a bunch of similar sightings. A lot of reputable people kept reported seeing the beast while driving in the Alcorn area, sometimes during the day, but mostly at night. Usually it was stalking the fields or side of the road, sometimes running or bounding across in front of vehicles, startling the occupants. It was almost always described the same. <laughs> Fucking meow. It's <laughs> just one part. What's, what's the world's fastest pastry? Oh. Scone. Ow. <laughs> that took, damn, he took my lip off. Scone. Because that's what it sounds it's like. Gone. It's gone. It's yeah, gone. I get, yeah. Don't do that again, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> the cr- give me something for the cringe and let me die. <laughs> Occasionally, it was almost always described the same, similar to Godfrey's sketch that was published alongside the initial article. Occasionally, there were small aesthetic differences, like maybe the ears weren't as pointy or the muzzle quite as pronounced, making the witness lean more towards thinking they possibly saw something more akin to Bigfoot than a dog man. But all reports cited an unnaturally large, hairy, menacing creature unlike anything they'd ever seen before. In 1964, between midnight and 1am, a rural Delavan man reported observing a 7 to 8 feet tall, fur-covered humanoid creature running in a parallel field to his car. He's like, want to race, bitch? (laughs) 
He watched in horror as the creature came to a... And one. <laughs> he, he just turns into the field. He watched in horror as I came second. <laughs> he watched in horror as the creature came to a four and a half foot fence and jumped clean over it as if it were nothing. The creature crossed the road in front of the driver and jumped another fence. The man who wished to remain anonymous returned to the scene the next day in search of tracks, but the ground was too hard to produce any. He described the creature he'd witnessed as Bigfoot, but Godfrey, Godfrey hypothesizes due to the close proximity to other Beast of Bray Rose sightings that perhaps what the man had seen was actually the beast, but ha- he had no, he'd never heard of like a creature like the beast before. Mm. So in his mind, the closest thing he could think of to like Bigfoot. a hairy, yeah, yeah by Because the first thing he's not going to think is like, unless it's, he, he could profoundly see all its details, exactly. he wouldn't be thinking of a dog that walks onto these. He'd like, be like, oh, Bigfoot. I've heard of that Bigfoot fella. Yeah. I seem like a nice fella. A skinny bear. I'd have a beer with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's another one. In 1972, Department of Natural Resources agent David Jetson received a bizarre phone call from a woman who lived about three k's from the St. Colotta grounds. So the St. Colotta was where Joe Shackleman was digging at the burial ground. She reported seeing a large ape-like creature roaming her farmland. Jetson went to investigate the sighting but couldn't find any evidence of the creature. Two weeks later, Jetson received another call from the distressed woman who reported the creature had walked onto her porch, rattled the screen door and left claw marks on the wall seven feet high. It then made its way to her stable, attacking one of the horses and leaving it with a 75-centimetre neck gash. It apparently left foot-long tracks in the woman's garden. Godfrey never knew the identity of the caller and she didn't and she didn't mention in the book whether Jetson witnessed any evidence. The woman had no reference for a wolf-like creature and described it as best she could. Godfrey, again, theorised this as another sighting that occurred because it occurred in the same area as Beast of Bray yeah. Road. It was another thing of it. It, was, it could have been yeah. this wolf creature. What a dick, man. Come on to that property. I'm going to shake a door up. <laughs> I'm going to go over and hurt this horse. <laughs> Can I borrow your phone? <laughs> Something wrong with your horse. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help. Another sighting of note came from teenager Tom Brichter. Like a lot of other witness reports, the first call to Godfrey came from a concerned family member of the actual witness, the mother of 17-year-old Tom Brichter. Brichter stood six foot five. What a freak. Jesus Christ, what a fucking freaking man. What a freak. Yeah, what a handsome How's the weather up there? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pissed now. You must play basketball. (laughs) Not very well, but thanks for asking. (laughs) And according to his mum, he was no coward, but he'd seen that night, but what he'd seen that night had truly frightened him, so she thought it was worth contacting Godfrey. Brichter and his friend, Chris Maxwell, had attended a wedding on August night, an August night in 1992. I wonder if we close. Maxwell was staying at Jellystone Campground. Jellystone. <laughs> Sounds cool, hey? Can you just go on? Who what names are we going to name this? Jellystone. I'm eating some jelly. What about Jellystone? That's not jelly. Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Campground near Fort Atkinson and Brichter was the Dezo driver. The f- there was a dense fog lingering on the road during the, tri- the trip to the campground and Brichter had to do a double take when he saw an enormous hand reaching out from the fog. You happy with your Telstra service? <laughs> Which is like seeing the hand, that's it. It was like yeah. coming out of the fog as he was driving along. He saw it in front of him come out. Brichter slowed down and swerved to avoid it. A, he witnessed a large hairy creature walking upright and reaching out towards him. Stop it. Once again, he's like, please help me. <laughs> Brichter didn't get a good look at its head, but he could describe its torso pretty well. It was light grey in colour with dark streaks and its chest or stomach was the, was at the roof of the car. He also described the legs as large, but he didn't get a good look at its feet. Its hands either had long pointy fingers or claws, which he thinks may have scratched his car. Brichter's window was down and he noted that there was a terrible odour permeating the night air and he'd smelt it for around a kilometre or so before he, he saw himself. the hand. I would. 
These characteristics reminded him of an article he'd previously read. The article was called The Beast of Bray Road. Mm. That is creepy. Mm-hmm. Brichter was familiar with wildlife. His family owned a cabin up north and he'd seen bears, wildcats, coyotes and wolves. And he would have recognised them if this is what he'd seen on the road. But it wasn't. It's also worth noting that Brichter had nothing to drink and was completely sober. So he was Dezo, apparently. After dropping... Allegedly. After dropping off his mate at the campground, Brichter was on his way home when he stopped off on the side of Highway 106 after he saw two parked up patrol officers. He talked to them about it. So he even stopped and was like, yo, I saw this thing. He also stopped by the sheriff's department. Officers were dispatched to the location but saw nothing. It's also worth noting there is no mention in the book about whether or not the friend saw anything. So there's nothing. I was going to say the guys and the, the drunk guys would have. Well, that, yeah, she doesn't, like, she's not like the dude in the car supported what he'd, like, they don't mention the friend at all. Interestingly, two months later in October, Brichter had another encounter with the oh, beast. Oh, Brichter, you start to become Mm-hmm. He was driving home along the same highway around dusk with his friend Scott Freeman in the car when both teens saw the creature walking upright next to a cornfield about 20 feet from the road. The corn was around six feet tall at the time and Brichter noted that its head and shoulders stood up above the top of the crop. Can you imagine? I'm hiding. <laughs> you can't see me. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you can't see me, but I can see you. <laughs> this is normal. It's just a wolf. <laughs> when it noticed the teens in the car, Brichter remarked that the beast sneered at them as though it was trying to challenge them. This time, Brichter got a better look in the creature and noted its legs were like those of a dog. The thighs were muscular and very large. It was huge. Both teens described it as having dark, shaggy fur. As they drove by, the beast turned and disappeared into the cornfield. Brichter reported the sighting to Godfrey and her and an L.A. producer who was coincidentally in town hoping to make a movie about oh. the beast oh. were taken to the exact spot of the encounter within two hours of when it first occurred. Armed with flashlights, once again. Oh, mate, yeah, it must one be one What are we doing wrong? <laughs> Godfrey. You need a license for a flashlight. <laughs> Godfrey and the producer searched for evidence, but apart from some disturbed corn crop, they could not find any. The ground was too hard for prints and the broken ears of corn could have been caused by a deer. <laughs> So it's the same thing. It's like anything could have done this. Godfrey did know that it was a bit coincidental that Brichter happened to see the beast for a second time yeah, right yeah, as a Hollywood producer rolled into yeah. town. But over the years, he's never de- deviated from his story. By 1994, the story of the Beast of Bray Road had done the rounds of multiple national TV programs, bringing even more sightings and experiences out of the woodwork. It was at this time Steve Cook local radio disc jockey from the neighbouring state of Michigan made a call to Godfrey, excited to inform her of his own local monster. Cook had been amazed to hear about the Wisconsin sightings as they shared eerily similar details to a creature suspected to be stalking the woods and abandoned logging camps in northern Michigan, a creature known as Michigan Dogman. Like Godfrey, Cook was also seen as somewhat of a crypto celebrity in his own right. You heard of Steve Cook? No. On April Fool's Day of 1987... Just get to, you know, no, that's fine. I'm about to fucking tell you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on April Fool's Day of 1987, Cook, a local disc jockey at the WTCM-FM radio station in Traverse City, Michigan, aired a song he both produced and recorded, a song called The Legend. The oh, song yeah, was meant to, yeah, you, you know, told me about that. Yeah. The song was meant as a bit of an April Fool's joke and it went into details of encounters with a creature Cook aptly labelled The Dog Man. So for copyright issues, like I can't actually play the song so you can search it on youtube it's just called the legend by steve cook and there's like a bunch of lyrics but it's all just it's it's like creepy i kind of like it it's like i walk for the fucking <laughs> do you know what you should probably just yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no 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 keep going <laughs> no it's all good you should just youtube it 
In the spooky tune, Cook describes the beast as standing over seven feet tall on its hind legs with the head of a wolf and the physique of a man. Cook also insinuates the dog man makes its frightening appearance every 10 years in years ending in seven and finishes the song with a warning to those in the area not to go into the woods at night. So it's like he did it for April Fool's Day. So he was kind of trying to create this law mm. um, based on something he kind of heard whispers of in Michigan before. He was like, oh, this will be fun. So Cook was a self-admitted folklore collector and had drawn inspiration from alleged sightings, notably one made by a couple of lumberjacks in 1887, supposedly in Wexford County, uh, Michigan. But it actually occurred somewhere else, but he, he changed the setting to Wexford County, Michigan. And it was like these lumberjacks saw this creature and they're like, what the fuck is up? It was a wolf standing on two legs and they chased it with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and they chased it into a hollowed out log. They're like tapping on the <laughs> Now we got it. And they when they finally back like they backed off when it started walking out and stood on two legs and let out like a scream, like it screamed like a human. That's they were, fucked up. They were like, oh, on second thoughts, we better go get a flashlight. Yeah, <laughs> like, these sticks aren't gonna hold up. Yeah. Who's got a flashlight? So that's what inspired the story. Was this one story? Um, so at first, the song yielded no response from the public and Steve was disappointed as he thought his efforts had gone mostly unnoticed until the next day when the station was inundated with calls from listeners swearing they'd seen something similar to the dog man. So it just like fucking blew up after that. People were like, I seen that. And he's like, no, you see, I made that up. And they're like, no, I seen it. Like, and he's like, oh, no, it's fake. Like, and they're like, no. it's And it, like so many people called in was like felt really... Um, like cathartic for them because they had felt crazy for so long or it had been a deep secret yeah. they'd kept for so yeah. long and now it was something they could talk about with someone else because they're yeah. like, dude, that was me too. And he was kind of like, oh, no. <laughs> so in 1938, Robert, like this is just a few dogman sightings in Michigan. In 1938, Robert Fortney had, was being attacked by five large dogs on the bank of the river. After shooting and killing one, three ran off, but one stood up on its hind legs and sneered at Robert with what he called like evil eyes. He's like, now that they're gone, I can chill out with you. <laughs> Fortney didn't want to call it a dog man, but he also wasn't sure what else to call it. So that was it. He was like, these dogs are attacking him. He was like shooting at him or whatever. And they ran off and this other one just stood up and was like, that's not very nice. <laughs> so local history buff, Clarence Gillespie. Yep. Clarence Gillespie from Manistee County, which borders Lake Michigan in the northern third of the state, had been collecting stories of dogman sightings for a number of years. One particular disturbing encounter involved two men fishing near Manistee on Claybank Lake around the sunset. This one fucking gave me the heebie-jeebies. The men, who wished to remain anonymous, noticed an animal swimming towards their boat. At first, the men thought it was a coon hound that belonged to one of them, and they ignored it until it swam closer. As it drew nearer, they realised it was no hound, but the swimmer had the head of a dog with a man's body. Naturally, the men were horrified, and they desperately tried to evade the creature by rowing away. When the beast attempted to gain entry to the boat, one of the men began beating it with an oar in a desperate effort to keep it out. It sounds like the Jaws story. <laughs> like when he wanted yeah. to be rescued. And I'm just yeah. All it sounds like is these dog men want to be rescued. Yeah, <laughs> people are beating the shit me, out of them. Fishing looks fucking fun. <laughs> the... But how creepy is that, though? That is creepy. The men were able to escape but remained haunted by the experience. Like, you could just... Do you know what it reminded me of? You remember that game we used to play, the Dinosaur Island one, where we'd swim out into the water and call the Velociraptors? Yeah, but then you'd oh, turn and shoot them yeah. because I couldn't get you in the water. Yeah. It was cheating. Yeah, but, you you know, the head bobbing toward... Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought of. Like, these creatures just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get yeah. you. 
As stories of the Dogman spread around, its popularity quickly grew. Weeks after it first aired, The Legend became the most requested song on WTCM radio. The station sold the song on tapes for $4 a pop and donated half the earnings to a local animal shelter. Isn't that beautiful? That's amazing. Cook told Godfrey he chose to use the word Dogman instead of Wolfman as he felt it sounded more familiar and homey and that the supernatural aspect of the creature appearing every seven years was just to add a bit of spooky spice. It's like a bit of flavour. <laughs> The spice aside, there were a lot of parallels between the Dogman Encounters and the Beast of Bray Road sightings. The song aired almost five years earlier than Godfrey's initial article, and the Wisconsin witnesses were adamant they'd never heard it. Even Godfrey asserts she had never heard of Steve Cook and the legend until he contacted her in 1994, which is wild considering she'd been working on the Beast of Bray Road sightings for almost three years by then, and no one had like yeah. mentioned to her, or yo, just like literally across the, across the bloody lake over there, this fella four years ago. You know what I mean? Like, no, she had no idea. Due to the similarities and proximity of the sightings, Godfrey theorized it was highly likely Cook's dogmen and her her Bray Road Beast were one and the same. The legend was still going strong on Michigan radio stations when the State Department of Natural Resources reported an attack had occurred on a cabin by an unidentified animal near the small town of Luther in northern Michigan. The cabin had received a decent amount of damage, with screens torn to pieces and partially destroyed door frames. People immediately associated the destruction with the dogman. This was bolstered by the fact that the DNR concluded the tracks and bite marks had been made by something canine rather than a bear. So it was definitely canine. This yeah. is all like, this is legit. There's stories I used to say when they were killing things, it was dog bite marks, but, uh-huh. but walked like a person. And this was done by the DNR, like the Department of Natural yeah. Resources reported on this. That's what I love about it. Facts. Another good fact. Yeah. Good old handsome <laughs> fact. Fact. <laughs> That's one good fact. The residents of Luther were hotly discussing the seventh year coming of the Dogman, just like Cook had prophesied. And as a result, the Traverse City Chamber of Commerce was inundated with calls from potential tourists asking if the northern woods of Michigan were still safe for travel. So they had done this production as well on the radio station. You remember like um, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds? Yeah. They'd done a similar one with the Dogman where they had gone out into the woods looking for it and they had like a cryptozoologist and like... um. Someone like me. Yep. Some mm. random dude. He's my cut. <laughs> that being dropped on his head as a baby. <laughs> Look into the thing. <laughs> forget everything. Um, like a DJ. Like, so they'd taken it out and recorded it. And they're like looking through the woods. And then they could hear like the sounds of branches cracking. Or like they'd find mutilated the deer on it. And then people would start screaming and everything. And it was like so disturbing that people like were inundated with calls like what happened is everything okay like they believed it was legit happening when it was more of a drama production and i would kill for a copy of that oh, i would yeah. love oh, to yeah. hear it how good yeah. would that be good lord for people to ring up to think like i would love to make something like that these days like it'd be so good the Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf, was written in 2003. And while so far this episode is based entirely from the book, there are two separate items in particular that occurred after this book was published that I feel are significant and both are featured on Godfrey's blog, lindagodfrey.com. Check it out. It's a really good blog. The first and probably my favourite and more well-known sighting is the Holy Hill Roadkill Encounter. You probably know what I'm going to talk oh, about. I think yeah. so. The dude with the picking up roadkill. Yeah. Kill. Oh, the, yeah. when he uh, out of the back. Yeah, you, now you tell us. This you. is your moment. Thank you, sir. I know what she's gonna say. No, she'll not. Okay. <laughs> Holly Hill is pit- is a picturesque Catholic shrine and chapel set on a hilltop overlooking two rivers. The whole area is made up of woods and marshes, the perfect potential hunting ground for a hungry animal. 
On November 8th, 2006, DNR worker Steve Kruger was making his rounds in his truck picking up roadkill just east of the Holy Hill. I want to say Holy, but it's Holy Holy Hill entrance on Church Road at around 1.30 a.m. It's always around this time. Kruger came across a dead deer on the side of the road that wasn't on his pickup list. So he got his list out and he was like... Sorry, you can't get in the club. Fucking help me. Ain't no one know about you, sister. (laughs) (laughs) I can do what I want now. I can make some room for you. (laughs) It's fine. I'm going to make you real comfortable. (laughs) Let me throw out ten raccoons. Why are they always like, why are these people just... I know we do it, but like, why is it always so creepy? He pulled over and with some effort lifted the 35 to 40 kilo dead doe into the back of the truck. Noting that it must have been a fresh kill as the deer was still quite limp. It was still moving. Yeah, it was still pretty still warm. It was still pretty warm. <laughs> it was still trying to escape. No, I'm good. <laughs> just, <laughs> what, get in there, you can look. you just clarify what those movements were? Tell them the pause. <laughs> was it the only doing something? <laughs> the deer's hooves, right? Yes, hooves. <laughs> Leaving the tailgate down, Kruger returned to the cab of the truck to make note of the pickup and not masturbate. <laughs> when sure? he felt the vehicle we violently shut off. Must have been a good one. I don't need a hand. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> so he felt the vehicle violently shudder. Yeah, the did. windows were up and the radio was playing loudly, so Kruger hadn't heard anything. The truck again shook more violently than before, and Kruger peered into the rear vision mirror, his eyes widening with shock. Illuminated by the truck's regulation amber flashing lights, Kruger saw something he would not soon forget. The first I knew about it was when the truck shook, said Kruger. I thought it might be the wind, but then it happened again, only stronger. I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw it. It was standing on the ground, bent over the tailgate, reaching into the back of the truck. It had its paw out and had the deer by one paw. It's a buck. <laughs> it's a male deer. No, it was... I've got this. <laughs> <laughs> you won't have my wife. <laughs> I ain't oh done God. with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's still. He looks stands with his rear vision mirror. It's still breathing, Susan. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. No, it was a wolf. Kruger described the creature as being roughly six to seven feet tall with the head of a bear, but the tall with poor, tall pointed ears. Yeah. And they looked like big wolf ears standing up on end. That was the main feature that made me realise it was not a bear. It had a longer muzzle than a black bear and its head was more like a wolf than a bear. It almost looked like a very large black bear standing on its feet. If you took a wolf's head and enlarged it and set it on a bear's body, Kruger said, he was only able to see it from the chest up. The fur was about two inches long, black and fairly smooth. He said, I know it wasn't Bigfoot. I froze for a second. I froze for a few seconds from being in shock, said Kruger. Threw the truck in drive and stepped on the gas to get out of there. So mm. it was the same as the other one. He drove for a short distance and then decided he wanted to turn around and try and retrieve the ramp. It'd be a hundred percent a lot that. It'd be like that. Yeah. You'd just take off and you'd be like, I better get that fucking ramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus I want to see if something's still there. Yeah. While you're driving, false security in the car. In the car, a bit of distance, a bit yeah. of, you're like, what did I actually see? When he returned to the site <laughs> of the encounter, he made sure not to dilly dally. As it hadn't been long and he was worried the wolf-headed creature could still be in the area. Yeah, no, that's a fucking werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) He just sees it there. Yep. Yep. He lifts his head up. I'm a werewolf. (laughs) Kruger quickly searched the area but could find no sign of the ramp nor the deer. The ramp's gone. The ramp's gone. He continued his rounds until 4.30am the whole time debating whether he should report what had happened or not. Understandably, he was afraid of ridicule but ultimately he was concerned about the danger a beast like that could be to others and he decided he should let someone know. 
He drove to the sheriff's office in West Bend and made his report, being careful not to use words like Bigfoot or werewolf. Regardless, the sheriff's deputy that took the report labelled it a Yeti sighting. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. I told them it looked something like a bear, but was not a bear, said Kruger. He was familiar with everything from wolves to coyotes feeding on dead animals and stated, I never said it was Bigfoot. Like, he was like, I did not say that. The deputy asked Kruger about the possibility of the unidentified deer thief being just a person in a fursuit. But that didn't make any sense to Kruger, considering that particular carcass wasn't on his schedule for pickup. Therefore, someone would have had to have committed committed to sitting there indefinitely on the off chance someone would stop by to remove the body. it was fresh body. too. So have they like, met our dad? Yeah. Dad <laughs> he, if he that. had seen that, he'd be like, keep driving this. I'm just going to hide here for a sec. Dad'd be dying of Dresses thirst. Yeah, the dying of thirst. He's like, so close. Someone got me here any minute. Like, it's all for the scare. But yeah, so well, that doesn't make sense, right? Like, who would do that? Yeah. Just on the off chance at 1.30 a.m. someone would come past and pick it up. There was also no evidence to collect. The better the truck was already home to the previous night's collection, so there would be no way to decipher the origin of any of the blood or fur mm. collected. The deputy told Kruger that bears were rare in the area, but not entirely unheard of. But Kruger insisted that what he had seen was not a bear. Local news began reporting on the mysterious creature, and the ridicule Kruger received made him deeply regret reporting to yeah, the sheriff. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine doing that? And the sheriff, like, they didn't even interview Kruger. They were just like. Yeah, we had this wackadoo come in. Yeah. <laughs> and then every... His name was Steve Kruger. Oh, he lives at 246. Yeah. His phone number is... The Yeti guy? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're known as the Yeti guy now. Would you imagine? Did, did he ever get his ramp back? No. Yeah, what the fuck was the girl with the ramp? They theorised maybe it was like tangled in the doe's legs when it was pulled out, but they... She said that it would have definitely like kind of untangled when it hit the ground. Yeah, that's fine. Something's carried it away. Like a good old skateboard ramp or something for it. Maybe he, the wolf man was like, waste not, want not. Yeah. Take me back. Always use a ramp. It's like a magpie. He's like, shiny. <laughs> Brings it home. His wife's like, what the fuck are you going to use <laughs> that for? I'll use it someday. Yeah. <laughs> Another fucking ramp. <laughs> Have you seen that TikTok of the two dads? It's like a dad and his son and they're like trying to stabilize the bed and the son's like, all we need is like a piece of wood that's like two feet this way and then like another one on top like that and the dad's like, Hold on! Oh my god! Oh my god! He runs down the stairs into the basement. And he's like dusting shit, and he finds the exact thing he's looking for. He's like, "Yes, Just we need it, to yeah. use it." Like it's so funny. Nick gets up there and it fits perfectly. He's like, <laughs> "I knew I'd need yeah, this." He's so good. Okay. The local. Uh, the second item of note is the controversial Gable film. Uh, Have you seen yeah. this? Yeah, I, I I showed you. You did, but I was too lazy to to address it and continue on with it. What do you mean? Didn't you send it to me as a link? I oh, no, you did you, oh sorry, that was the one where even my daughters were like, oh. they thought they were like it's fake. What does that say? Yeah, but that's kids these days. Pearls, mm. pearls before swine. I think mm, that's the saying, something it. like that. A pig's never going to appreciate a pearl because they don't know good when they see it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Now. Yeah. But it was creepy. Like it was like. It was hard to watch that because of the footage, but it was it was yeah. like freakish. Yeah. Yeah. So the Gable film surfaced in two thousand and seven, and at the time was believed to be the first and only piece of hard evidence pro- proving the existence of a dogman-like creature. The film was supposedly purchased from an estate sale in the Lower Peninsula of Michigan. There was no further information provided apart from an inscription on the film canister that read Gable Case Number MPO four one one seven seven dash one. Shot on Super 8 and styled li- stylized like a grainy home video from the 1970s with no audio, the video features shots of regular family activities like chopping wood and snowmobiling against a snowy winter background that appears to be the Michigan woods. There are shots of a family dog running about in the snow, just like very normal home video kind of shit. Like you say, it's kind of boring, yeah, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. watching it. And, and you grow, just, you grainy too, so it's hard to watch that as well. Yeah, but you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? And it's like kind of crazy, like 
the snowmobiles are from the 1970s. Yeah. Like everything in it is like from the ni- it's 1970s. But you can kind of feel the mood subtly change like while you're watching it. Like the dog seems a little on edge and you can feel like a shift in tone in the vo- in the in the um video with a lot of shots lingering on the forest surrounding the fam. Like it becomes a bit more like you can kind of sense something's going on, yeah. the tension. The next shot, uh, then the woods are being filmed from a moving vehicle and it feels a little tense. The next shot is someone walking through the woods filming something up ahead in the brush. The camera focuses on some sort of mysterious creature in the distance that appears to be looking back at the cameraman. It charges on all fours right at the person filming. It looks similar to a bear but with pointed wolf-like ears and no discerning facial features. The cameraman begins running away, then all of a sudden the camera drops to the ground, unmoving, and the video stops after a few seconds. You see like some teeth gnashing, kind of, and then that's it. So for the longest time, the validity of this film was hotly debated. Was it a hoax or was it real? Even Linda Godfrey pondered this exact question on her blog. So you can go back through her blog and it starts at like 2006 sort of thing like this. And she'll be like, so the only evidence we have so far is this, like before it was debunked sort of thing. She was yeah. just, so that people were taking this film very seriously because it looks so legit. Yeah. A second supporting film also surfaced featuring a police officer investigating the mutilated corpse of what was supposedly the attack victim from the Gable film. The far-fetched nature of the second film did nothing to bolster the believability of the first and caused the Gable film to be rewatched in a more critical light. Yeah. So when I saw the second one, I was like, okay, this is bullshit. There's no fucking way, I think, no it, was a, way, I think right? it was the second one that everyone that did started, yeah, yeah. started to catch on to it. It was done well, but it was like, this isn't it. Like, if this, this is on video and you're trying to tell me no one's seen this shit before, yeah. like, on March 20... 4th, 2010, the television program Monster Quest. Aired oh, an I fucking ep- loved Monster Quest. <laughs> so good. Aired an episode that investigated the legitimacy of the Gable film. The conclusion? Fake, fakety fake. Monster Quest was able to track down the cameraman, Mike Agrusa, and he confessed that he had fabricated the entire film with a Super 8 camera, a vintage car, and old school snowmobiles. <laughs> Give that man a fucking... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just like, watching the film there, and it's yeah. just crazy it's how good, real that hey. looks. Oh, it's nuts. It actually looks like an animal movie. I was like, how are people not reaching out to this man and being like, do you want to make Hollywood movies? Yeah, like yeah. You did. especially at that time. And like, the fact that there's no audio, and it's so tense. Like, you start to feel the tense. Yeah, you feel, yeah, you feel it yeah. shift. Mm. Like, he, he did amazing. The Dogman Creature... Just a man in a ghillie suit running around on all fours. Who was also amazing. Yeah. Just like George used to do up and down one mile beach. Mm-hmm. So many I people. could have gone big. So many people yeah. were like, no, it has to be real. No human can run on four legs like that. And I was like, I beg to differ because I've, I've been, been chased. chased by one. <laughs> and it was not pleasant. <laughs> it was fun for me. <laughs> so the, I don't know so, what came over me. <laughs> literally just start smashing sand in my face and mum's like, do I have to deal with this shit? Share a limb off. Oh, fuck's sake, stop with it. So in the end, while the Gable film wasn't real, that doesn't necessarily mean all the sightings and encounters were fabricated as well. And we're left to wonder, if this mysterious wolf-like humanoid creature is real, what is it and why is it here? Godfrey dedicated a great deal of her professional and personal life trying to answer these questions which she explored in her book. There were some pretty hilarious explanations mentioned, my favourite of which is... The Tasmanian tiger. What? Yep, I said it. It makes no sense at all. Bitch, I said what I said. I mean, it's been considered extinct in Australia for decades now, but one of them is on the loose in the Wisconsin woods. But also isn't, they're never like that. They were never like a... Fucking weird description of a Tasmanian tiger. Like, uh, not to mention it doesn't match any of the descriptions in the slightest, but people are like, it's got to be one of them fandangled Tasmanian tigers. Just because it's a mystery, so let's... 
put another mystery yeah, on Yeah, right. It, it was like, just like making a cake of mystery. Yeah. Godfrey briefly entertains cougars, mountain lions, or black panthers, but again, quickly dismisses them due to their lack of wolf-like features, which I like about it. She's like, this is a theory. This is why it's probably not legit. This yeah. is what's legit about it. This is why it's probably not legit. Yeah. Another possible but unlikely scenario involved ideas of an escaped psychiatric patient or perhaps a hairy homeless man that preferred the company of the woods with its tasty roadkill treats as it opposed could, to I mean, the regular old soup kitchen. You could have someone out there just fucking around and that, that was their passion. They always just done it. I that guess. was their passion. Like, you have to have a passion to fuck with people, you know. Wolfman is my that's passion. Just that that like, not just people got a pick. You know, like, like, you, like you'd rather do it than sleep. Because <laughs> You know I mean? breathe. Not just like oh, I feel like putting a wolf suit tonight. It's like I always want to fucking just start a story and go no, big. They go, they see further in the like future. the wolf yeah. of Snow Hollow. That was a fucking, fucking good movie. Such a good movie. Thanks. You've seen that, haven't no. you? Yeah, you have, haven't you? The it's name like the would one. Scare with, me yeah, off. you have. It's the, the one with the cop. No. And it's just really funny, but it's like very subtly funny. No. It's you need to watch it. It is so good. Hey, George. Like, yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really good. It's it's funny and it's scary and it's reminds me of the movie Ginger Snaps. No, oh remember Ginger Snaps and Ginger Snaps back. That was fr- <laughs> that was freaky. That was actually well done. For was, like a that weird, was like just a metaphor gothic. of like um becoming a teenager, going through becoming, puberty. Yeah, going through yeah, I didn't puberty. like it. You didn't. No. You liked Ginger Snaps. You're like, oh, but she's pretty hot. <laughs> no, she was scary. They were all like scary. It was a like a dark, eerie film. I thought. Uh, Wolf of Snow Holiday Hollow. I would say it's like a. Black comedy, almost. No, yeah. just the, the name scares me. It's really oh. good. It's recent. I think it's from like 2020, maybe. And it's the same dude that did Thunder Road, which is hilarious. It's like one of those movies that it's like, you're not sure if they're meant to be funny or not because it's like pretty yeah. funny. But look at this. This is one of the things I've... Come and look at this. At. Somebody come and look at this. Is Have you seen a hairless black bear? Yeah, they're... F- look no. at it. If that up, does yeah. not look like a werewolf... That's messed up. Maybe that's what it was, a mangy bear. It, it could have been. Look at that. You don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it legit looks like a werewolf. Like, that does. Which I think we just sold it. Honestly, if I were to Done. say what Shut it is, down. I'd be like, probably dead. Probably dead. But it doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> it doesn't speak fluent Italian. No. Another possible but unlikely scenario involved ideas. Yeah, I've said that one. The most obvious, plausible, or boring answer would be it's just a sick or or deformed dog or coyote or bear, or bear like that. Yeah. This is a theory most law enforcement officers went with whenever they had to make statements regarding the sightings. But coyotes aren't really that big, and when compared to the description given by eyewitnesses, it doesn't really seem likely that they were seeing a coyote. The freakishly large dog theory holds a little bit of weight, and an overgrown German shepherd mix would be a little spooky to witness eating roadkill. But the likelihood it would be running around on its hind legs is a bit like, eh. But have they seen a coyote with malformed legs <laughs> jumping in the air? It'd be dead by now. <laughs> <laughs> the most popular suggested explanation for the beast is a bear. Perhaps like what happened with bears at Glacier National Park that were involved in Night of the Grizzly Attacks, there was a bear in the area that had grown used to human interaction and preferred to scavenge for roadkill and had lost all fear of men and were like mangy and shitty. That's reasonable. reasonable. Mm. And had a toothache. They have somewhat pointed ears on the top of their heads, the ability to stand on their hind legs and ability covered in fur that matches the general description of what most eyewitnesses encountered. While bears weren't generally seen in the area, there'd been a few official bear sightings in the area over the years, so they have been spotted there. Yeah, I, love, I love how there's like there's no chance of a bear being in the area, but a dog man. Dog man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and just a side note, I think I told you about this, George. I was te- I was reading this to Dan, like I always read it to him, like just to for his opinion. 
and he said, um, he was like, it sounded like, it sounds like an emaciated circus bear. Like that, you know how they've been taught to walk on their back legs. Yeah. And interestingly, in the book, Godfrey does mention that Delavan was the circus capital of America. Oh, and 26 circuses had once made their town, uh, the town their winter headquarters. Yeah. yeah. So when Dan said that to me, I was like, dude, she mentions, I did write down, but she doesn't, she doesn't put two and two together. Like she doesn't connect the dots She's in the book. The she just mentions yeah. the background of the town. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, escaped something. But that Did bear's head looks like a wolf, like a dog head. Imagine yeah. that standing on two legs like a trained yeah. bear. He looks kind of like Abraham Lincoln, like when he's chopped. <laughs> I'd offer it a coat. Are you cold, sir? <laughs> you cold, sir? It's going to be uh, tearing a bit of my arm off here, mate. Um, would it be crazy to assume that during the circus occupation of Delavan that maybe some bears that were trained to spend a lengthy period of time on their hind legs had escaped into the wilderness or were released and were now wreaking havoc on the surrounding yeah. county? Yes, of course that's crazy. Yeah. We're talking about a dog, man. <laughs> <laughs> but most witnesses were familiar with bears and bear activity and almost all said that what they'd seen was definitely not a bear, leading Godfrey to place a bear explanation into the unlikely How are they familiar category. with something that doesn't happen much? Well, if you're in the States, if you travel a lot, you would see bears uh, a yeah. lot. But it's not a normal bear. It's yeah, but imagine a circus bear. Yeah, like we're thinking a hairless a bear. What George said though, like I don't know why I'd be right or die for the dog man theory when it's like you could just say it's a bear. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like why would you be right? No, it's definitely not that. Like you, it's, it can't be a shaven bear. Yeah. Bears can't shave. That's fucking weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please. My life has nothing going on. I need this. <laughs> Let's talk more about that coyote in a wheelchair. <laughs> One possibility Godfrey often examined was werewolf. The physical description of having the body of a man with the head of a wolf immediately conjures the image of a werewolf. And a lot of the time it was the closest word witnesses could think of when describing what they had seen. Humanoid wolf-like creatures have been written about in literature dating as far back as the Epic of Gilgamesh, where a potential lover for Gilgamesh had turned her former mate into a wolf. Wasn't Gilgamesh the one you'd done that time in that podcast, the Christmas one? Gilgamesh was a... No. Mm-mm. Okay, carry on, sorry. Please don't ask me any questions about him because I did not research that thoroughly. Okay. <laughs> it's like an old story that goes like way back. It's oh, like okay. an epic. Yeah. Like oh. an odyssey. Someone knows about it. It's pretty good. You should like... I'm already over it. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> the beauty of ADHD. <laughs> yeah. It piqued my interest for a moment. <laughs> Another example of early werewolves in literature was the book of Greek myths, the book of metamorphosis. <laughs> make you laugh. It's like when a caterpillar crawls up into the sunlight and then the caterpillar turns into the butterfly. And I'm like, I think he's looking for the word metamorphosis. (laughs) In one version, this cheeky fella called Lycon mixed some infant entrails into the god Zeus's meal just because Lycon wanted to see if Zeus would pick up on it. Turns out Zeus picked up on it and he was frothing, so he turned Lycan and his sons into wolves. <laughs> he didn't think about the consequence at all. He's like, I wonder if he can. What happens yeah. if he does? Because well, it was like this idea that Zeus was omni omnipotent, so he could he knew everything. And yeah. so Lycan was like, mm, fucking let's see, mate. Well, like, it would have just been like Arthur going, I'll just check him in, just making sure you you know everything. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> fucking we're good. We good? It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes to his head, woof! <laughs> <laughs> Lycan's probably like, this isn't too bad. I mean, he could have thought of something else. <laughs> but yeah, he was not He was not happy about that. I'm pretty sure it was the entrails of Zeus's son. It was like Zeus slept with his wife, the king's wife. Oh. And then that son was the one the king fed back to uh, Zeus. I think, okay. I think that's just I, one it was of the something stories. To, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was... It, the, the entrails belonged to someone important to Zeus or something like that. So like it was it just wasn't, Zeus fucking around like Zeus done... Zeus was eating his own child yeah. and he was just like, yo, what'd you put in this spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is weird. Where's Adam? He might like to try this. Adam! 
<laughs> He's closer he, than you think, my lord. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> he just tastes taste Adam. <laughs> he finds Adam's birth certificate Adam in the spaghetti. <laughs> in many cultures, sorry, but Godfrey's angle was less ye old European werewolf and something more in line with what the indigenous tribes of the area might consider a werewolf to be. In many cultures, there is a belief that animal forms can be manifested by the conjurer's craft, and the North American indigenous people sure do have some skin in that game with their complex and sacred relationship between human and animal. Some Native American stories reflect a belief that the boundary between humans and animals were once not as well-defined as they are now. So they often talk about, like, some people, like, and that's how we came from the beaver, or you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's it's a bit more blurred. We did come from the beaver. That's probably <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, bro. <laughs> this isn't a fucking fraternity. Jesus Christ. It is now. <laughs> the Dictionary of Native American Mythology notes some practices would involve witches and sorcerers, which are considered different from the generally good-natured medicine people and shamans. So if Bigfoot and Dogman sightings are related to indigenous legend and practices, what could be responsible for compelling the Native American spirits to materialise as bipedal, humanoid, wolf-headed... I bipedal. I love walking on my offals and I love walking on my two legs. <laughs> I'm bipedal. All the wolves are just like, motherfucker. He gets to use that word. <laughs> so he's like, you can't come in here. Four legs, you're out. <laughs> this is discrimination. <laughs> Wolf headed creature and wis- around Wisconsin and Michigan. Godfrey speculates that perhaps the answer can be found in the widespread desecration and destruction of the indigenous people's effigy and burial mounds. Around the shoreline of most of the lakes, hundreds of cone-shaped burial mounds used to exist, along with an equal amount of animal effigy mounds that were unique to the territory. So there was lots of animal ones like turtles and lizards and water panthers and even thunderbirds. But it was like, even thunderbirds. Fuck yeah, they fucked with the thunderbirds. So Lake Lawn Resort in Delavan was literally built over dozens of burial mounds and wait staff and security have reported that during quiet nights, wisps of spirits could be seen hovering over old mounds and indecipherable voices would be heard around the grounds. Can you get off me? This <laughs> house weighs a lot. This is pretty fucked up. That's what they're yeah. like saying. They're like, why would you do that? Really? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do this? <laughs> oh God, it scared me. Oh, I'm the bad guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever security would be asked to investigate the disembodied sounds and images, they'd turn up nothing. Godfrey speculates what motive an indigenous spirit might have. Revenge, guardianship, incestor tomb, rec- reclamation. When you consider Mark Shackleman's encounter with the beast on the burial mound on the St. Coletta grounds and the menacing nature of the interaction, perhaps it could be an entity conjured for the purpose of protection. Most of the local tribe nations like Ojibwe, Ottawa, Sauk, Fox, Ho-Chunk and Potawatami Potawatomi, Potawatomi, sorry, were forcibly removed from the area in the 1800s and it would be reasonable to assume that their spirit beings would have disappeared with their shamans. But many of the descendants now reside in the Walworth County area and powwows are are held regularly in Lake Geneva and Whitewater. Godfrey admits she doesn't know if the old traditions and practices are still being observed in the same way they used to be, but the idea a wolf-headed man-beast was being conjured in order to protect what's left of a sacred indigenous culture or to seek out reparations for those who were once wronged is pretty fucking cool. And admittedly, maybe a little bit disrespectful of a sacred culture. He's not doing a fucking good job. He's out on the road eating like roadkill. He should be out there protecting. I think it's like, I don't think... Just scratch at the fucking grave and a security guard says you're wrong. Did you kill that woman? No, but I fucking scared her. <laughs> <laughs> I cut her horse. 
<laughs> Bitch can't ride for a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like it's got. I think it's like very like white people. No, oh, yes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's probably the Native Americans. Yeah. Ooh, like, it's like nothing else to blame. Yeah, it's blame like super disrespectful. Let's blame them again. <laughs> we took their home and they made a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> so awful, right? Godfrey also references a series of controversial books written by Carlos Castaneda, where he describes his experience being tortured, tortured, being tutored in shamanism by a yaqui sorcerer named Don Juan. In the books, Castaneda talks about being introduced to the art of shape-shifting and Godfrey discerns an interesting connection between Don Juan's teachings and the Beast of Ray Rose sightings, something called the Sorcerer's Eye. In almost all encounters with the Beast of Bray Road, along with the Michigan Dogman, the witnesses disclose the most terrifying part of the entire ordeal was the unnatural and scathing stare from the creature. Yeah, the fucking stare mm-hmm. is yeah. It elicited more than just fear as well. Most witnesses described feeling deeply disturbed by the glare even long after the moment had passed. You're right. that's, that's the thing that they retained most yeah. from the sighting was yeah. this thing gave me this look. In Castaneda's Tales of Power, he outlines how Don Juan had forcibly caught his attention when they initially met and how he could still remember the feeling of that stare. Don Juan explains, The gaze on the right eye is not a stare. It's rather a forceful grabbing that one does through the eye of the other person. Don Juan believed he had the ability to not only shapeshift into animal form, form, but also to captivate someone through eye contact, and he remarked that he chose Castaneda due to the spiritual qualities he recognised in him. Godfrey has always felt the intense glare of the beastmen and dogmen had directed at its witnesses had a deeper meaning, and perhaps it was some sort of intention we were un- it had some sort of intention we were unaware of. So this is more like skinwalker sort of stuff, isn't it? Yes, which she kind of mentions as well in the book, but I felt like it's like skinwalkers have their whole own episode, right? Yeah, like they're just yeah. like it's not the same thing, but it kind of we're starting to drift over in that. That's sort what of she's area. touching on, mm. like with the look of like. Um, insinuating that there's something intelligent going on behind the eyes. Uh, Being that it was the 90s and the satanic panic was still a very real thing, the possibility of the creature being connected to cults and black magic was a highly popular theory amongst some of the residents in both Wisconsin and Michigan. Apparently, there were cults operating in the area that had taken it upon themselves to conjure wolf-like demons that were able to roam the territory freely. The first article about the Beast of Bray Road published in Strange Magazine also mentioned a number of pets which had been mutilated in the town of Lynn with cults being considered responsible. So that's another town nearby. John Fredrickson, so that's a dude who had the manila folder of the werewolf. Yeah. The county's animal control officer had reported coming across dozens of canine and feline carcasses and skeletons near a road about 15 kilometres south of Bray Road. The animals had been found to have been killed in disturbing ways. Some had their throats slits or w- slit or were decapitated. Some even had their hearts removed. Fredrickson believed the grizzly finds were indicative of occult practicing, practicing somewhere nearby. He also stated that a reliable source told him that black ho- that a black hooded figure had been seen riding away from a mutilated carcass site with a large black dog in tow. Which I just think is... I kind of think that just makes everything else he said... Like he's disreputable, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like a le- like that just made me think because the satanic panic was very real at the time. That was the one where like this bloody heavy metal music is making people worship the devil, and they all have on their fornicatings on the rocks in the woods, and they're eating each other's legs and blood. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was all bullshit. It was just like old yeah. people freaking out over nothing. It was just kids enjoying 
like fucking Metallica or Led Zeppelin or and some playing shit. like games and stuff yeah like, like Dungeons that. and Dragons yeah, they right that was like that so that's what thing. that was so I think he to me loses some legitimacy there when he was saying that like I was just like oh, I don't think that's a thing like oh, a reputable person told me that a woman in a cloak rode a horse that's name was Satan and it was a black dog you know what I mean it just yeah. gave me that vibe like old people being stupid and if you weren't fond of the cult angle there was also the theory that no cult was necessary for a demon dog to just do its own thing when Joe Shackleman had asked if his father, Mark, whether he thought the creature he saw at St. Coletta was an animal or of supernatural origin, his father replied, that damn thing came straight from hell. The elder Shackleman also remarked, maybe my prayer sent it back to hell. I bet it didn't stay there. <laughs> the torch did. Torched. <laughs> <laughs> Historically, stories of other dimensional entities or dog-like beings with connections to the afterlife can be found throughout different cultures and civilizations around the world. Anubis, the Egyptian god of funerary rites, protector of graves, and guide to the underworld, was often depicted as having the body of a man and the head of a jackal. Jackal! 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 <laughs> Creatures referred to as hellhounds make appearances in ancient European literature in an article called Black Dogs and Guardians of the Corpse Ways by Bob Trubshaw touches on hellhounds and their vocalizations. He writes, The growl of the hellhound is halfway stationed between articulate speech and silence. It is speech filled with emotion and power, but utterly lacking in reason. He also noted, Few myths have such worldwide parallels. We are left with the distinct impression that dogs have been protecting the ways to the other world back into the origins of human beliefs. Godfrey theorizes that the burial mound upon which the dog-like creatures stood could be seen as a way to the other world. Ooh. And Pretty also, cool. it didn't it say something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she Gata. takes a stab at what the beast may have been inferring when it uttered the word, which sounded like Gatara. Apparently, it's my belly. <laughs> my belly, <laughs> oh, my belly. <laughs> Apparently, in the Bible, Gadara is near the place in ancient Judea where Jesus exercised a demon-possessed man coming from the tombs. The demons fled into a drove of pigs, which then launched themselves down the embankment into the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> well, why are you doing that? Uh, it's all good fun. Demons having fun. Want to go pig rolling again? <laughs> yes, possess them more. <laughs> Godfrey surmised that considering Mark Shuckleman believed the creature he saw to have been straight from hell and both the burial ground and Gadara were associated with burial places, perhaps it was a hellhound that had tried to communicate with him. And personally, I hope Godfrey warmed up before that because that was one hell of a stretch. Hey, how do you know after like literally that many years? And he was like, it said Gadara. He'd be like, Gadara. Maybe it said Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think it's an interesting theory, but like if that's what it had said, but you wouldn't, you know what I mean? It's like literally like, it's a reach. It's a reach for it's sure. Huge reach. Lastly, Godfrey's favorite theory, the one that she hopes is correct, is one she calls an indigenous dogman. Not to be confused with the indigenous people or their cultural beliefs, Godfrey means a real-life flesh-and-blood hybrid type animal. Yeah, that's what I reckon. That's the best one. On the face of it, she knew the idea of a native humanoid canine. Coinoin. 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 Seemed ridiculous. Biologically, Godfrey felt Bigfoot was a more acceptable cryptid because their bodies seemed plausible. One could argue that Bigfoot was either a descendant or close family member of the Neanderthals or some early hominid, and they could probably get a pass. Like, it's just like us, but like a different branch. But bipedal ape-like bodies with the head of a canine don't really align with any known anthropological or zoological creatures and are frankly quite unsettling. Yeah, yeah. so basically what she's saying is there is evidence for like 
hominids like you could argue it because like yeah, like of, of us right yeah. so you could be like well it's just a bigger hairy us but yeah. like the werewolf what is it you know like the dog man you know what i mean yeah you'd be like what is it like a dog it'd be like an entire new sort of different species a man dog right yeah. back in the day it was like the it's like early bc he's like damn that wolf looking good <laughs> she been working out <laughs> and that's how it happened <laughs> Well, she's coming towards me. She must like me with her 20 other friends. <laughs> that's it. Circle me. It gets me going. I like being trapped. Oh, that's my foot. <laughs> Which I also like. <laughs> However, Godfrey to- toys with the idea of the Beast of Bray Road and the Michigan Dogman perhaps being animals that survived the early Ice Age and was a tel- and they were intelligent enough to hide away in the dense forest from humans with human encroachment on their natural habitat it seen it makes sense there would be an increase in modern day sightings mm. but why hide it's a stretch yeah have you like met a long time yeah, it's like oh, let's let these guys take over and we'll hide <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're, yeah but they're pushing all their in- natural instincts down just to hide from us for so long like, yeah like one day they just might I was just like fucking killing someone yeah mm. true but like Bigfoot, there was always a question of, if the creature does exist, where are their skeletons? Godfrey surmises that its corpse wouldn't last any longer in the woods than any other animal, and if they were discovered, it probably wouldn't look too much different to a freakishly large dog. Ooh, yeah. And there have been stories of such a thing being discovered in the British Isles. In a 1912 volume titled Werewolves by Elliot O'Donnell, it tells a tale of a Scotsman walking around a dried-up lake bed on an island off the coast of Scotland when he came across a human-looking skeleton with the head of a wolf. He decided to take the bones back to his home. A young relative was home alone in the house with the skeleton when they saw the threatening image of a werewolf appear in the kitchen window. The older man, probably thinking, fuck that, returned the skeleton to its original resting place. This reminded Godfrey of one particular sighting by a woman from Eli, Minnesota that I have to include because I found it somewhat amusing. The story goes, one night when the woman was a child, maybe around six or seven, and alone with a babysitter, she'd heard a tapping and scratching at a window that faced the woods of her trailer park home. When she opened the curtains to see what it was, she was met with a wolf's face staring back at her. She, des- that one too, yeah. Yeah, she described it as having a long, thin snout with yellowish, yellowish eyes. It then appeared on the porch where her babysitter's brother ran outside. It started wrestling with the creature. Wow, I didn't hear that. That wasn't what I was. I was just seeing this redneck run out with a rat's tail. I got him. <laughs> you want to wrestle? It was, a, it was the first time the wolf was like, oh, no, thank you. But the wolf's ran away while staring. The, the stare normally works. <laughs> he was like, where you fucking think you are, buddy? You stole my cigarettes. <laughs> like, that's what it, that was just the vibe when I heard it. It was like, wow, so I wrestle with that creature. <laughs> like, everyone else would be terrified. Get it, Billy Bob, get it. <laughs> Everyone else would be terrified if he's like, well, I'm wrestling. I've seen WWE. I know how to do this move. He's wearing a mask and a cape. <laughs> the wolf's like, stop. 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 Oh. Even worse. Oh, he went out to wrestle and he was instantly ripped apart. <laughs> and he died that day. His just first thought was to wrestle with it. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. To wrestle, like, fight yeah. or flight. He went straight for fight. <laughs> like, oh man! But no, wet, like, just straight on. I'll beat him with my my human body. Yeah. Godfrey <laughs> remarks, "It's in stri- it's extremely unlikely that this ancient breed of hybrid wolf is running around the Wisconsin woods wrestling." But it's pretty fun to think about. Unfortunately, there is no real answer for what the beast of Bray Road and Michigan Dogman was or is. And Godfrey basically ends her book by asking, "Isn't the mystery half the fun?" No. I yes. <laughs> personally still think the most important question remains unanswered. You reckon it has a human dick or like a dog dick? 
Oh, I love that you're taking this seriously. You're like, dog dick, human dick. Red rocket. Dog dick, because it's mostly dog just in a deformed, upright way. Just because it goes a little bit upright doesn't mean it just grows a human dick. Oh, yeah. that's cool too. It's oh, like, the human part came too far up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still 99% dog, but fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm like, more of a man dog. Where's my barb gone? They're going to escape. <laughs> <laughs> you got Bob Dicks, man. I know, I know. Oh, I, I know. Saying, like, I know. Why would you say yeah. that? Lock anything in. He's just lost all his power. It's like, that's what they say about Chewbacca. Like, you reckon Chewbacca got like like a Chewbacca dick or like a man dick? What's a Chewbacca dick, though? Like a dog dick, I reckon. No, you yeah. got man dick. You got man dick. You reckon he cut, uncut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reckon he shaves. He's got like one circular ball patch there and the rest of him is just Chewbacca. Yeah, it's like all the rage these days. Yeah. But yeah, that was. The history of the Beast of Bray Road with a little bit of Michigan Dog Man. That's crazy. I still like the bear thing. I like the wrestling thing. That was great. (laughs) I know. When I read that, I was like crying, laughing. And Dan and I were talking about Dan's just like, Billy Bob, come out with like that little mullet. And he's just like, who do you think you are on my porch? (laughs) This is wrestling. This is wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking so good, eh? But yeah. That was awesome. Welcome to the podcast. This is what we do. I don't know what we'll do next week. It'll be a weekly podcast. Hopefully, yes. might have to like sub that in for some stuff, because like we all have full time jobs. Well, we're the same roster now, so yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So, so you can just give me your roster. This can be all worked out another time. No, we need no, to no, tell we need people to know. We're going to give us <laughs> the roster. But yes, um, let us know in the comments, um, or if you're listening, head over to the YouTube channel and just subscribe and then because it's really good. The best thing about YouTube, I find, is you can have more interaction with like your community and like let us know what your favorite cryptid is. Or what you think the Michigan Dog Man or Beast of Bray Road actually is. And if you think it's got a dog dick or a human dick, yeah. let us know. I feel like dog dick, I'm with you, Josh. I feel like if you, you're just going to... It hasn't changed much. just walks upright. Do you reckon it's got like that weird skin that dogs have between their leg and their belly? That's like like a chicken wing skin, you know? The oh, little... stretchy looking mm. thing. How many nipples has it got now? Two man nipples oh. or... I reckon mm. two man nipples. But then you can't have two man nipples and one dog dick. Well, you can. I feel like the up... I feel like the chest is man... And then waist down, dog, but walking upright. Fuck. Does it matter? No, I don't But then you read all these books, like you see so many ads these days for like werewolf romance novels. And I'm like, are they getting railed by like a dog dick or like a human dick? Like what is the appeal to this? They're like, my alpha came in, I'm having his back. I'm like, who? Like if that's what you're into, like... Yeah. Power to you, like each to their own. But I don't. I fundamentally like don't as soon understand. As that beautiful love making's over, and she just goes to go to the toilet and drags him with her. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, no, <laughs> that's like a horrible thought. But anyway, let's finish on that. Just yeah. a fourth yeah, of yeah, Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll okay, I think we should stop yeah, there. Yeah, welcome. Hope you had a good time. Like and subscribe. Comment. Just do something. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.